Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to today's Smack Attack. Uh, Look, it's a day. We're going to be talking a lot of things, and for me, sometimes humor is going to be doing that. So, But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Smack Attack, the show of the people, by the people, for the people, because you help run this show. You are a part of it. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, it is not just me. It's not me. It's not JDE. It's your boys from the PWC as well. It's Jimmy T and the man who will let him get his own entrance in because <laughs> it's become a staple for every podcast he has ever been on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Let's start with that man himself, the unnamed man, until he does his own intro. Chris, how are you doing, sir? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll do my own intro then. My name is Christopher Ams. That's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L or bullshit first thing in the morning. Uh, don't worry if you ever forget how to spell my last name. I'll just remind you at the beginning of every show. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here, John. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to point out that uh, huh, Jimmy was here before me, so I'm not sure if I need to – I'm not sure if I need penance or repentance or like what how, how exactly that's going to work. But I was here at ex- – Exactly ten o'clock. It was ten zero zero when I came into the chat. So it was ten zero 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 zero. Right, like I don't feel too badly because I I'm on time, but I feel pretty like pretty low about myself, honestly, because Jimmy <laughs> was here before me, which is just unacceptable. By two minutes, two whole yeah, two minutes. minutes. That's all it was. Yeah. So yet. so oh, you have okay. to have two minutes of flogging yourself with a wet noodle. <laughs> okay i'll, that, that's that. your I'll make pasta there. later yeah there you go that's your penance <laughs> that's your penance and of course always next to me the cackling uh, uh dingo from the land down under uh mr jimmy t he's right over here jimmy t how are you today sir i'm good man i'm good as a matter of fact i'm pretty hyped for the smack attack even though i just had a snack attack right before the smack <clears throat> attack but uh i really did I had a kebab. But anyway, but other than that, I'm cool, man. I'm just uh, ready to talk SmackDown. And what a week it's been in professional wrestling, right, guys? Tell me about it. Uh, all over the board. But hey, real, okay, let's talk about this. You, you called a kebab a, a, a snack, right? Okay, so yeah. when you when I say wow. snack, I'm thinking like a bag of chips, some chocolate, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. You're talking about like a side appetizer or what when some people would do a meal as a snack like what the hell man like wow to be honest have... i did want to say snack attack because it rhymes with smack attack so yeah you're right actually john it was okay. a meal it was my dinner as a matter of fact it was my first meal of the evening because i thought i'd have a little nap beforehand so i'm all hyped for the smack attack unlike last week on the collision <laughs> i was not collision on the wreckage where i fell asleep and i woke up 15 minutes late god damn it so yeah, this time <laughs> I was set. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, we we all have different uh, titles in our on our thing today. Uh, how about I? We haven't ever really done this before because sometimes we put our titles and we don't ever talk about it. But um, let's. How about this, uh, Jimmy? Let's start with you. Let's go ahead and kind of mention why we have things our titles listed today, just so that people can understand context for what we're doing. And I think because it's gonna. Uh, it's going to taint, or well, not taint, but it's going to influence our conversation for the day on the show. So, Jimmy, uh, yours is pretty obvious, but why um, would you go with that title? Well, first of all, I also want to say rest in peace to Terry Funk. But the only reason why, obviously, 
I haven't got him in my header is only because Bray Wyatt, the way he passed away was just tragic, man. I mean, Terry Funk is the hardcore legend. He is a legend. He's a man's man. But he lived his life, you know what I mean? He passed away at the age of 79. He pretty much lived his life. Heck, I'd be happy to, to last that long. But as far as Bray Wyatt goes, though, oh, man. I mean, this one really hit home. I, I know I can speak for, you know, for Chris that it hit him, if not harder, because of, you know, he's left behind four kids, man, mm. and, and a wife. And, you know, it's tragic, dude. Like, I, I didn't know that he had COVID, and obviously COVID was the reason that sort of, uh, you know, made his heart condition a lot worse, which another thing I didn't know, I didn't even know he had a heart condition. And sadly, he passed away due to heart attack. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's a shock. It still is. It hasn't totally sunk in. But yeah, man, rest in peace to Wyndham Rotunda, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Yeah. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think it says something when you see, like, uh, for my Twitter, Facebook, uh, all my feeds for the last two days have been nothing but Bray Wyatt or Terry Funk tributes from so many people um it was interesting to see just the amount of people he touched in in some way shape or form and uh and and this is and and this is despite him struggling on top of all this we forget that he was diagnosed with mental illness and he struggled with that and yet still went out of his way to touch people and make a difference you know so um yeah i can understand that so chris uh you just have shits fucked i mean that's can be said for every day so what made you pick that today oh well um basically just some behind the behind the scenes type stuff at the the pwc uh going on we're we're currently uh going through a uh what would we say a uh, a rebuild at the top of the uh, structure of the pwc um you know you guys can you guys can all see that jeff's not here and um Basically, we had a situation where, um, to be perfectly frank, one of our one of our friends, one of the, one of the people who we've been in podcasting with for a really long time, um, had a deal with Jimmy. Jimmy had fulfilled his end of the deal um, and was basically waiting on this friend of ours to uh, to send him some new information for a new part of the deal that he also wanted to do. And uh, it's not Jimmy's responsibility to send this guy the information or to, to ask him or beg him. You know, he basically was waiting on the information from the guy. The guy never sent it. And um, that guy, um, he sent a message to Jeff, basically um, insinuating that he was going to sue the PwC, which is ridiculous. There was no contract signed. There was nothing like that. There's no, there's no way that you can sue somebody based on something like that. And also he didn't fulfill his end of the bargain to begin with. Uh, you know, he needed to send us information and he hadn't, um, Jeff being a lawyer and, uh, I think being sensitive about legal matters, uh, obviously you can sort of understand why, um, kind of, you know, kind of reacted the way that you would expect him to, to be honest with you. I'm not really mad at Jeff um, over the situation. I'm not really mad at Jimmy. I am I, I am pretty intensely mad at this friend of ours, although he's since apologized and said, no, 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 I hadn't. I was never I was never insinuating. But you were. I've read the email. 
Like I, I know what the email said. You, you know, if I actually sent him a message the other day and I said, okay, one of two things is true. One, you meant to threaten us legally, in which case you're a fucking asshole and it's never going to work anyway. So bring it the fuck on. Or two, um, you didn't mean to insinuate that you were going to sue us and you are the biggest fucking idiot on the planet for the way you worded it. So one of those two things is true about this friend of ours. I sincerely hope it's the second one. Um, you know, there, there are still, you know, there are still open arms at the PwC for all of these people. Um, you know, if they're, if they're willing to, if they're willing to, well, repent a little bit and come back. It's like, you know, I, uh, what I just said about our friend is, is eh, pretty harsh. I'd say, you know, pretty, eh, pretty harsh. Um, but if he can take it and if he can come back repentant, you know, we're, we're willing to forgive and forget and move forward. But, uh, this is, a you know, it's sort of an ongoing situation and, um, I'm still planning on talking to Jeff and seeing if we can work something out eventually. But yesterday I got home at the end of a 70 hour work week and, um, immediately had all of this dropped in my lap that I had to deal with. So. Yeah. It was a whole bunch of unnecessary bullshit too. It was just a big misunderstanding. It was a it was a troll thing that ended up barreling into something that it shouldn't have even got get gotten to. So yeah. yeah, pretty dumb. It's pretty stupid. But it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So well, I mean, and I like I said, uh before you, you know, whatever you guys need from me, I'm here for you guys. It's um, you know, I, I think you guys are great. And I, I love man. I love having y'all part of the show. Um, I'm sorry Jeff, for the Jeff situation, John. No, it, it, it's fine. Me. Look, I look, I get, I understand when when you kind of explained it. Like as someone who has lawyers uh, in the family and things along those lines, I understand how that is, and um, things along those lines. And it's just, uh, you know, I want what's best for for you guys, really, because I want y'all to succeed just as much as uh, everybody, anybody else that I know. Because I, I count you as friends. And so Lucky. whatever I can do to help, uh, you know, I want to be there for you guys. But, um, you know, no matter what, it, it is what it is. So um, and then, of course, mine today, we did uh, Wyatt Funk and the Gargoyle for me. Um, obviously, referencing on Thursday, uh, Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk uh, passing. Uh, the Gargoyle is because my uh, favorite high school teacher passed that same day as well. Um, Dr. Bollock, Dr. Harvey Bollock uh, passed at age of 80. Um, He was uh, revived six times, but his heart could not take it anymore. Um, And he was an incredible teacher, uh, taught world religion at my senior year in high school. He was the class that nobody wanted. But when he when they left, everybody was glad they took him. And he was an incredible teacher. A lot of fun. Seemed very strict and but had the driest sense of humor you would ever meet in your entire life. He could say something that sounded so ridiculous, but made it sound so real that you always question whether he was telling the truth or not. Like he was that dry was the humor guy. And um, so that was also the day. Um, well, let me say um, that was uh, just the start of my day because uh, uh, this is what I got in the morning from my, my son Um Right here, uh, he got T-boned uh, by somebody uh, when he was turning into school. And uh, the he checked his turn lane. The lane was open. because So oh, the shit. way it works at the school, uh, the high school there, they have a really long right lane turn lane. So you can turn into school one entrance, turn into school another entrance, and then there's the interstate front, frontage row that you can turn onto after that. 
Well, they just made it one really long turn lane. Of course, in the morning, it gets busy because people are trying to go to school and coming from school and all that fun stuff and getting to work. So someone had stopped to let him go from the straight turn lane, and he checked the right turn lane twice, and there was nobody coming. So when he turned out to go, this person decided they didn't want to wait in line to get past the school to turn onto the frontage road for the interstate. He came barreling down the, the right turn lane at 40 to and hit my son. So um, he's... He was that I got a call like about eight, like 7.50, and I was about ready to hop in the shower for work. So I had to throw on some clothes, ran out there. He was safe. Nobody, he was not hurt. Uh, he's a little sore, but not too bad. The car did an incredible job of keeping him safe. Um, most likely it's going to be totaled. So we're going to have to find yeah. a new car. And that was my first was... new car I bought in like that shit's fucked. Years. Yeah, that's fucked. But you know what? Yeah. Um, John, I was looking at it. I was thinking it's a write-off as well, right? Uh, so then again, it doesn't look like the chassis is bent, though. Well, that's what they're gonna. The adjuster's got to check if the frame isn't bent. Maybe they'll repair it. But the problem is both passenger airbags on the side deployed, so right. those are expensive. I know what they say. Um, the car, like I bought it for thirty-eight, and probably the value of it um, after a year and a half is probably twenty-five, maybe. You know. So we'll see. Um, does I don't the other know. guy have insurance? I know you guys have to have insurance. Don't get me wrong, but he, like he does. But like I have Progressive. He has Dairyland Country Mutual or something like that. So okay. um, we'll see what all that goes. But I've got my insurance at least started on it because right now I needed a rental car because he's in. He's driving my car, my new right. Lincoln, and I have to be in the rental because he had to go to work and he had to. You know, there's things along those lines that we just at now having a two car family, we have to take care of. So uh, that was the start of my morning. And then as I'm going through the day and finally get to work later that evening, when I, I it's not till the evening that I see, oh, Terry Funk has died. Um, oh, Bray Wyatt has died. Oh, my gosh. Died. You know, Dr. Bollock has died. You know, I, it was just a, it was a lot of a lot of emotion going on and processing that day. So um that's kind of where we're at with that. So uh, the got it to a shop, got it towed. They're assessing it. Most likely it'll be totaled. So that means uh, I have. So if you fix a car with my insurance, you have 30 days. And then, you know, if it goes longer, you're kind of whatever. But you have 30 right. days and they'll fix the car. If they total it, you have three days to find a car and get enough something before you have to return the rental. And I'm oh. like, and then, oh, that's a courtesy. He said, "That's yeah. a courtesy that we give you uh, because we don't. We're not obligated to keep you into a car once we give you the money." I said, "Yeah, but you're going to give me the numbers. But when am I going to receive the money so that right, I can exactly. buy the car? Like, well, they, they need to be, first. Yeah. Well, I mean, he said, so if you give me those numbers and I have three days, but it's going to take you five to seven days to put that money into my account. You sure as hell to take my money real quick, very, very uh, fast." But putting it back in is kind of a pain in the ass. So it should be when the money hits my account, I have three days. You know, not yeah. when you give me the numbers, you know. And he's like, oh, and I said, and he goes, well, we're not obligated. And then he straight up told me, we're not obligated to keep you in a car. And I said, and this is why people fucking hate insurance. And and he goes, well, he goes, he goes, well, that's your opinion. I said, no, that's pretty much fact, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's, but I mean, we're, we're at a point you know, that at least he's safe. We're okay for now. We just got to figure it. We're in that limbo 
of what's next. And then if things turn out, because the officer who wrote the accident report said it was a no-fault accident, because some people would say my kid would have been at fault because he turned across traffic. And then others say that they have to give way to him, though, as he's doing that. Well, and but here's the other thing. He's using a right turn lane to avoid traffic to get to okay, the not. Right. He wasn't turning into the high school oh, like it would have been right. different if he would have been turning into the high school where my right, son. turned, right, right. right. So then, yeah, like my son could be at fault. But he was just using the turn lane to avoid. He, he I get you right. through one exit, one entrance was going to speed through another to get to the front of the road for the interstate. And yeah. so, and because he left, he wasn't even a high school student. He was a, he was just some 20 year old kid. I mean, good kid. He, for the most part, seemed like he didn't take off. You know, he was there in the parking lot. He asked, Hey, can I take pictures for insurance? Yeah, go ahead. Um, and shook hands and said, I'm sorry about all this. It's like, Hey man, it's okay. As long as you're safe, you know, seemed like a good kid, shook hands after whatever. So now it's just up to the insurances to figure out who's what or where, um, because there was no witnesses and there then there was no police on site. Really? So that's why they can't determine fault. You know? Ooh, that could save that could save your son then if that's the case, man. Because Yeah. By the yeah. sounds of it, from what you said, if they if the cops were there and they and there was witnesses, unfortunately that could, you know, they could sort of bite your, your son in the butt in this case. But Maybe. in terms of insurance, that is yeah, but if you've got full cover insurance, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whose fault it is, yeah. as long as you pay the um, the, the the what do you call it? What's it called? The Deductible. Premium. Yeah, the pre yeah the premium, whatever it's called. Yeah. Then you know they can fix it or they can pay you out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. so, well, yeah, like like July, I just renewed my insurance for the next six months, and between my two cars, it cost me about fourteen hundred bucks. You know, for six months. Um, oh, that's not bad. That's not too bad. Well, because I mean, and here's here's the thing. I thought I was going to get put under the coals because Jacob was, you know, he's under eighteen or, or under twenty five, and he's a boy. But Progressive doesn't assign primary driver; they just have drivers, and okay. like the and the insurance is in my name. So therefore, it was only six dollars to add him to the the, the policy, where yep. Yep. you know it was seven hundred dollars for both cars. You know, um, for the truck and then for the Lincoln to add the Lincoln. We've got so. progressive here too, right? And I've heard good things about them, but um, yeah, I'm curious. Maybe I should look into progressive. They, they're 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 fairly cheap, but the problem is getting a hold of them. They because they're web based and you know whatever based. There's you know, like I had more help. I have a local independent agent who farms out to a whole bunch of different people, but like progressive, like they ended up helping me more than progressive. Like the guy who was supposed to help me get a toe into a body shop or whatever didn't call me till like almost one o'clock. And I called him at eight in the morning. No and shit. after I did my claim and left the mess and then whatever, um, then I, they said, oh, this is the person you need to call and he'll help you get a toe and get you to a body shop. Left a message for him and there was no way to like call a supervisor, call another agent. Because it was just a voicemail. It said press zero, but it's a voicemail. So like I press zero like an idiot, and then it just goes beep, you know, because there's no thing. And then I wait for the beep, and it's just a beep. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'm leaving a voicemail. And that guy calls me at one. He's like, oh, and then he goes, I understand your next, and I see your claim. Well, where do we need to get the car? What body shop do you want to take it to? I was like, bro, I've already taken care of all of this. I've been waiting since eight o'clock in the fucking morning for you to call, and I had to get the car off the school property. 
And I said, I have to get other things done and I have to be at work. I waited till 11. I said, my local insurance agent helped me out more than you did. And I'm just like, you know, so what the fuck? He's well, if it's not a, I said, no, they work with you. And um, well, if they can't touch it till October, we have to move it. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. That's on you. It's not my fault. You didn't call me and wait till one o'clock to try to get shit situated. It's I had to get shit done. So I took it to a shop that under your your policy per progressive and got it towed there. So you if you're going to take it somewhere else, that's on you. Like, I look, I went a whole round with this dude. But at end of the day, everything Jacob's safe. That's the most important that's what that part, is, right? And and we're just going from there. So, um, you know, it's it's just been a it's been quite the last couple of few days. And then then I found out I was, I'm going to a wrestling show tonight with the sole purpose to see Lance Archer and have him sign my Minoru Suzuki poster that he's on there as well. And Lance is in wrestling, so I just oh, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I think he I don't know if he got hurt or just something came up, but. Um, he just because yeah, I, I I didn't look again. I'm not on social media a ton, and and then I messaged him yesterday morning, and I was like, hey, just wanted to, hey, I hate to bother you, but I've got the you know that poster that I made for you and Suzuki. I've got Suzuki signatures. I love to get yours, and I, I'm hanging it up in my house. You know, will you be available for signatures on Saturday? You know, on Saturday night. And that was yesterday morning. He goes, oh man, I'm not going to be there. They just announced it um, yesterday. I was like, oh. And then I sent him a picture of the truck, and I said, oh, well, Jake, I said, sorry, I haven't been on social media. Jacob got in a wreck yesterday and handling all that. He goes, oh, my God, is he okay? He's like, yeah, he's fine. But, yeah, I don't know what's going on, but um, it, it is what it is. So, it's just, it, but it's okay. I'm going to have sushi tonight, going with one of my best friends. We're going to watch wrestling. One of, our, one of our friends is still wrestling tonight, and we're going to get to see him, and we're going to have sushi at an all-can-eat sushi place and where the robots serve you your food and your robots? drinks. Yeah, robots. Oh, dude. Bro, yeah, no. it's called Japan House here in North Richland Hill. So I'm excited about that. We're gonna have some fun and uh, just watch some wrestling and well, at a local show and have a good time. So, well, so what? What type of robots are these? Just, just they're just, asking they're, for a friend. No, they're not those kind of robots, Jimmy. You can't take <laughs> no. it to the bathroom. You can't take it to the bathroom. <laughs> D, Jimmy's trying to cheat on you with robots. I should look on her face as you said that. She can hear you. I know she can hear me. That's why I said it. Uh, no, they're they're just like simple little robots that follow the tracks and bring stuff to your table. So like I mean, you know, that the... sounds overly expensive to for a restaurant to do. You know what I mean? But I mean, each to their own. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just a gimmick. You know, I mean, it's it's a way to differentiate yourself from other sushi places. So you could say you got yeah. your drink or food from a robot. Like what Frank uh, Frank's pickle barrels ass says in the in the chat. He says we got robots at BJ's. I, I assume he means blowjobs. <laughs> no, there, there's a restaurant called oh, BJ. okay. BJ's. It's called uh, BJ's Brew House. Oh, really? Okay, well, I didn't know that. For mm -hmm. a minute, I'm thinking, is this a joke or? <laughs> no. See, see, I, this is this is just Jimmy, you know, being kind of dyslexic. What he read was we got BJ's at at robots. Or at we robot. got BJ's from robots, but no, that's that's not. It says we got robots at BJ's. Yeah. yeah, like that. Like Jimmy, Jimmy strikes me as the person who would make the TikTok because, like, here we had somebody that went viral making the TikTok that says, "Oh my God, they got staples at Staple," and then they show her <laughs> running into Dick's Sporting Goods, and then later a guy goes, you know, and then he goes to BJ's Brew House. He goes and says BJ's, and so he shows him walking into BJ's. So you know, Jimmy, that strikes me as you being like that guy going, like, "Oh my God, yeah." 
So, oh, so it's like a Costco, apparently, according to Medium. 5. Oh, okay. Uh, Medium Five says BG's Warehouse, like a Costco in the Northeast. Oh, I've never heard of it. So, uh, that's I have no no idea what BJ's is. If it's the brewery or if it's the Costco or blowjobs, but either way, it seems popular. <laughs> so, so D D doesn't doesn't give you blowjobs, so you don't know what they are. Okay, fine. <laughs> I never said that. Well, you just said I don't know what BJ's are. <laughs> Good lord, man! Don't coax me into saying something stupid, John. Yeah, <laughs> that's not very hard, Jimmy. <laughs> that's not very hard at all. All right, guys. Well, let's talk a little news this week. Um, obviously, we've talked about a little bit, and we've touched on it um, that on Thursday we lost Terry Funk and and Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, for I don't know about you guys. Let's let's first start talk to Terry Funk. Um, I know, you know, because of course he's a Texas legend. Not only is he a international legend, but here in Texas, especially, it was a it was a big from deal. Armadillo. Yeah, yeah, from out West Texas. But he, you know, I remember Terry Funk as a kid. Like it was one of those weird Absolutely. things that, like, because I grew up, you know, I would spend summers in East Texas on my grandfather's farm, and we'd watch something and every now and then we watch world class and you'd see terry funk come through and everybody loved him because he's you know from texas and you see him all of a sudden i see him on wcw sometime and i'm like holy cow that's the guy from texas and then you know you see him on wwf i'm like that's that's oh my gosh like you know you you see that and um it was just very interesting to to grow up with something like that and then you like you watch roadhouse and realize that's Terry Funk in Roadhouse. Like, holy shit. Like, love that movie, man. You know, it's it's such a great thing. So, so for me, it was it it's one of those reminders that your childhood is slowly further and further drifting away from you. The loss of Terry Funk. It wasn't um, you know, I mean, hardcore matches are hardcore matches, they're kind of whatever for me, but his persona, the the person that he was, how he carried himself that was what made a difference but at the same time his texas pride who he was growing up that made a huge difference for me so so for me that loss was like my childhood again going further away from from me at this point in my life and and so that that's how i it affected me but i don't know about you guys because you know one of you's in australia one of you in canada um chris how did, did terry funk's death affect you or was it just like well Older guy kind of passed. He was a cool wrestler, but, you know, whatever. Um, it affected me in the same way that other legends dying does, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, he's a legend of the sport. You know, it's like uh, I, I wouldn't feel any differently about him passing than I will whenever Ric Flair dies. Like, uh, you know, he's a legend of the sport. And I mean an absolute top-of-the-line legend, one of the best to ever do it. I was saying to, to Jimmy – um, I was saying to Jimmy the other day, man, like we were talking about punches and wrestling and I was mm. watching some old school Terry Funk matches and I was like, this guy fucking gets it right. Like this guy, those punches I boxed for over a decade and it looks like he's punching that motherfucker. It's like, mm. you know what I mean? Like really, yeah. really solid work from Terry Funk. One of the best to ever do it. Um, you know, it definitely affected me. Like what you said, I think that I'll feel that when Brett dies for mm. me, because he's Canadian, right? He's very proud of being Canadian. I'm from Canada, right? Same kind of, same kind of deal. Um, so I get it being from Texas, that it would be an even bigger deal for you. But for me, it's the same way that I feel anytime, like, 
you know, when Vader died or, uh, mm. you know, any other major top of the line legend in pro wrestling, when they, when they pass, it's, it's like, we've lost, it's like, we've lost something really valuable in the world of pro wrestling. And it makes me sad. Yeah. I get that. Jimmy, what about you? I was a fan of Terry Funk growing up. Um, but for me, the exposure was in WCW and WWE or WWF at the time. And of course, you know, with ECW, where he had a great run, man. I mean, that rejuvenated his whole career at the age of 54. He was still like, man, he was on top of the card in ECW. And not to mention all his stuff in Japan, because he's also known for his stuff in Japan and is very much a legend over there also. And look, I was a fan of Terry Funk, so I wasn't his biggest fan, don't get me wrong, but I was definitely a fan. It's just, like I said, man, with him, he was suffering from dementia. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but you just knew his time was coming. And it's not so much of a tragedy compared to Bray Wyatt's death, only because, like I was saying earlier, he lived his life. And, you know, he, you know, you die around that age, man. It, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Especially considering what he's gone through in his whole career and the amount of injuries he's had. Even though he lasted, man, he really lasted. And, man, he's a legend and will always will be a legend. And he's definitely the hardcore legend also. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's a loss. But, you know, you can't be as sad as, you know, compared to Bray Wyatt's, Bray Wyatt's passing, man. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if that was, the what, a five-decade uh, career that Terry Crazy, Funk had. Man held the NWA championship, you know, WWE tag title. You know, I mean, you could easily say the man's done it all uh, in wrestling in, in so many ways, shapes, or forms um, in, in that aspect. So, um, you know, but like I said, for me, it's a little bit different having for almost most of my life had Terry Funk involved with it when we came to wrestling. So um, it, it's just kind of, like I said, it's just kind of weird. But uh, all right. And then Ray Wyatt, you know, 36 years old, leaves behind a wife and four kids. Um, you know, um, it, I, I like again, things have been crazy. We have our um, Garden Safari fundraiser in, on September 12th. So like two, three weeks away. My plate has been full AF and I'm not like I'm on social media literally to post the stuff that we need to get posted for our stuff. I am not on there looking at stuff. So, I mean, I saw that he died because stuff came across. I haven't seen any of the details. I just know that he passed. And no matter what, at 36, you know, when you're you're losing a, a wife and three kids, uh, leaving them behind, or four kids, leaving them behind, I don't care who you are, whether you like the man or not, whether you like his character or not, it's tragic. Whether you connected with him or not, it doesn't matter. When you see, you know, and he was the kind of wrestler I appreciated in the sense of, like, um, like him and John Cena, you see, or you're seeing now, like the care he had for his fans. Like people are posting, this is what he did. You know, this, he went out. Like, there's a video of a guy, this his little kid wanted to see him, and he just took out. He was like, I'm, I'm getting past this barricade. No, I want to come hug this kid. I'm gonna, you know, take a picture with him. And then he hugged the dad. And I mean, it was just like, that's 
that's a John Cena level thing. You know, you don't see all the stuff that he does for fans because he's doing it because he's a genuine person. He's not doing it for the camera, for the look, for the whatever. He's not being Oprah going, hey, look, I helped this person, you know, with these fires. Look what I did. It's, no, I did the shit and I... Make sure the camera's rolling when I'm doing the nice thing. Right, yeah. (laughs) That wasn't the case. And if anything, whether I liked his characters or not, I respected the man for the way he treated fans and the way he interacted and the way we're seeing that he did it in true, true genuineness, not because the cameras are rolling. And it's, it's, I think, I think too, the amount of tributes that are coming from people in the locker room, from other places and all these things last night, you know, and throughout the the last few days, I think is very, very um, indicative of the person that he was, you know, and, um, and and so, uh, I, but like I said, I haven't seen any details. If you guys know details and, and want to share, go ahead. But like, that's my take on that one. And I think it's no matter what a tragic loss, especially when someone loses. The, like he's thirty six. I mean, that is eight years younger than me. You know, I'm I'm, I'm forty four, and like it makes me go, that's wow. Like like that's crazy, right? It's I, crazy I that too, because I'm forty, right? And he died at thirty six, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what's so tragic about it, and and look, there's one thing that's for sure: there will never be another Bray Wyatt. I think his mind for the business was something else, man. And when I say that, I think he was too smart for the business, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think he he overcomplicated a lot of his own things, which could be a detriment in many ways, but also an advantage. And I think he was overcomplicating things for wrestling fans. Professional wrestling fans don't need to see real convoluted character work or or so-called storylines. But that's not... I mean, at the end of the day, though, he he had the brains for this business like no other. There will never be another Bray Wyatt. And it's just a tragic loss at the age of 36, man. Yeah. Chris, what, did you, what was your take on this one? Um, yeah, like, it, it hit me pretty hard. I don't know if you... Uh... I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the skirmish, but I, I had a little cry. I had a little breakdown because um, it was still fresh. It was like an hour old, the news. Mm. Um, and uh, it wasn't so much Bray. Like, I, I liked Bray. He was one of my favorites, obviously. Like, he was, uh, you know, to me, him and Roman are were kind of like the modern randy and john kind of like the modern Mm. brett and sean like they were the modern like these two guys are who are going to be like the major superstars in wwe moving forward that's kind of what i felt about them right and they they built them that way too you remember the early feud with the you know the wyatt family versus the shield right like it was built that way to sort of show you that these guys are the future for the company right and um so in that sense, like, I'm very sad that we, you know, we lost a really, really talented professional wrestler and a great, um, a great mind for the business. But all of that pales, you know, in comparison to the idea that, you know, four little kids who are all under seven lost their dad. And that is, that's really heartbreaking to me. Like I have a seven-year-old and a six-year-old and I got to be honest with you, man. I was I was talking to Jimmy and D the other day, and um, 
I was saying, like, like, when I was growing up, dude, I was not afraid of anything. Like, I'm just one of these people who I'm not scared of shit. Even mm -hmm. like when I was when I was a kid, I didn't I didn't fear death. It was like, and it wasn't a big like macho thing for me. It was just okay if I die, I die. I can't fucking do anything about it. There's no point in me being worried or stressed about it. Um, and since I had kids, that's completely different. And it's not that I'm afraid of dying. It's I'm afraid of dying before they can handle it. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. if they're if they're married and they've got kids and they've got their lives all together and I know that they're going to be successful human beings and everything's going to be good for them, I will probably go back to the point where I just don't worry about dying. But I worry immensely. Like I think about I probably think about it every day or every other day and it scares the ever-loving shit out of me. The idea that I could die when they're that young. And that they won't be ready for it. And again, like I'm in a different situation than most people. I'm a single dad, right? So, I mean, my kids have me and that's what they have. You know, my family's around. They're helpful. They're wonderful. My kids have a really good relationship with them, but I'm their parent, you know? So if I die, it's like, you know, it just, it just, and it hit me the other day, like the idea of it. So I was just, I, you know, I had a little, I had a little cry on the skirmish and, uh, and we got through it. Jimmy wasn't sure we were going to be able to, but I told him I'm a professional. God damn it. I can dry these tears and keep going. Um, and we did laugh, Chris. Come on now. And we did, but, uh, but yeah, this, this one hurt. This one hurt. Yeah, and look, that was the first thing that I think hit me as well, especially after the fact after the fact of starting my morning the way it did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, bro. my kid's seventeen, and I still am worried about not only my death but making sure that you know he's safe, you know he's protected, um, because there are moments in life where I realize, and we had a conversation Thursday night because he had something happened and at school like not bad but like he just he made it he made a comment and it, it didn't go over well and it's just because he's not socially connected because he was homeschooled for five years after being in public school and it was important years that he needed to learn social dynamics you know so from sixth to ninth almost halfway through 10th grade he was by himself with my ex and it was just him and her i didn't do a good job as a parent to protect him and to get him in social involved and, and doing these kind of things. And then he has this wreck and he's safe, but then there's, okay, well, if something happens to me and he's 17, he still doesn't know everything. I mean, I'm trying to teach him. I'm trying to, he knows how to cook. He knows how to clean. I'm teaching him how to do finances. I'm teaching him how to handle payments and bills, but like shit. I mean, the hard part, Chris is like, I agree with you. I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable enough until he's probably like, 35 married two kids and he's making his house payments and car payments and then i'll be like okay cool i'm fine i mean yeah you and when you're he's jaded and his spirit is broken well we'll you'll feel right with dying right. Yeah, so right you know because he, yes i'm a single dad too but here's my problem is my for lack of a better phrase my crazy ex is rolling around so like i called her and told her hey he was in a wreck he's fine you know big deal and um so she wanted to have a and and I was like, look, I can't talk. I'm doing the I'm doing the claims. I'm doing the insurance, whatever. So I said, hey, call your mom while I'm doing some of this. And she said, are you okay? Yeah. And he says, she goes, okay. Well, if insurance asks, don't tell them you're not hurt. Like she immediately goes into this tirade about how to handle insurance and not, yes. are you okay? Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, 
Are you fucking kidding me right now with this bullshit? No, focusing he on the absolutely wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and then like start talking about her, and this is what it, you know. Da, da, da. That man. Yeah, and then later she calls me, and she's like, "Is everything great?" Yeah. Okay, and then starts talking about her and wants to know, "Hey, is this situation the right?" Thing? Like, I don't need him to have just that parent in his life, even at seventeen at this point. You know. I, so now it's like for me, fuck, I've got to be, you know, uh, head on a swivel with everything and um, to make sure that, I, you know, like I say I want to be that that goofy grandpa that he grows up with that his kids, you know, I give money to and candy to hop them up on sugar, send them back home with him and yeah. tell, you know, random dad jokes all the time. That's my goal. But, you know, in order to do that, I have to be protective. I have to be. And so Thursday was a hard day. And then on top of that, I'm supposed to be meeting with kids to help with our program. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, I probably should have just canceled, but I didn't. And it was good for me to be there with my other kids for the program and, and to do that. But it was just emotionally, I was, by the end of the day, I got home at nine or eight something. Jacob and I had a conversation. And by nine, I was done out asleep. And I didn't get up and didn't move until five o'clock when the alarm went off to go to the gym. It was it was it was a rough Thursday for me. Um, the positive so. thing, if you want to say any anything positive about you know what happened with your kid, especially. Look, at the end of the day, you're going to go through this. You know, every kid that gets their license is going to go through it. I went through it. I'm sure you guys went through it. It's just part of growing up, right? You live and learn. So, you know. My first oh, car okay. accident was actually this year in Calgary. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. But We saw that yeah. picture. We, we did, yeah. Oh, man. I, I had a fast car as my first car. Big mistake, right? Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I total I, I totally totaled that car. I, mean, By the way, I had a piece of shit that I bought for $400, and then I turned around and sold it for like $2,000 because somebody was dumb enough to pay my, me that much my for it. My first car nice. now? He's worth no shit 80 grand right now because it's a collectible, man. Shit. My yeah, first accident yeah. was never. I've never had an accident. Really? Never had an accident. Wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I, I can say I had a few growing up anyway. Uh, do you guys have probationary licenses when, when you first get your license? So, yeah. Okay. So, the, so we have, like, so for in the, in the States... You get a learner's permit where you can only drive. Right, with same with us. License. A learner's permit. And then Jacob, right now, until he's eighteen, so at the end of the, in December, he's got to make an appointment because right now he's got. I guess he's a probationary, so he can't be out driving at certain times. Oh, uh, he can't use electronics. He can't do. You know these these are all restrictions that he has on his license, and so when he turns eighteen, he has to go make an appointment, and they'll give him the like that. He's eighteen now, so then those restrictions are lifted and then when he gets 20 but they still have it as so like my license is horizontal when i hand it to somebody right all the information is horizontal when his is vertical and that'll be that way till you're 21 so it lets instantly the police officer knows this person is under 21 who has their license so that way if there's any kind of hint of alcohol or whatever they immediately know they're driving drunk and they're underage so therefore they shouldn't be they shouldn't be driving and it's illegal and all that fun stuff. So um, that's how Texas operates their licenses. So his will be vertical till 21 with all of his information. And then when he gets to be 21, it'll be horizontal like mine is. 
um, and they'll have a little borders and stuff like that. But yeah, he has to. So I guess you would call it a probationary period where like if you're under 18, you have limitations on when you can drive, like what times um, and things you can and can't do while you're driving and all that stuff. So, okay. Do you have to display P plates on the car at all by any chance? Do what? See, we call them P plates. It's a little P sort of logo that you put up on your window or on your dash, but you have to put it on the front of the car and the back of it. For what though? Like why? For because you're a probationary driver. So you oh no, no 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 no. no? You, okay. There's nothing like that on the vehicle. It's just your actual personal license. Okay. That, what about you guys, Chris? How how does it work in Canada? Uh, every province is different. In Ontario, we have a G1. When you turn 16, that's your beginner's license. Um, basically, with a G1, you have to have a driver who has been driving for three years or more in the passenger seat with you at all times. Uh, then you can get your G2, which basically allows you to drive anywhere in Canada outside of uh, the Queen's Highway in Toronto. Um, and you don't get any blood alcohol level. Your blood alcohol level has to be zero. And then when you get your G license, your general license, um, then you're allowed to have whatever the legal limit is and you can drive on the Queen's Highway in Toronto. The whole process is extremely overcomplicated and ridiculous and i hate canadian government and how much jobs it seems to create for people mm. interesting okay. cool interesting all right well uh so gentlemen i guess one thing we should talk about is tomorrow is all in um I, it is it is tomorrow um like again I, i'm the worst at news because i again i haven't been able to check it has there anything that uh has has there anything? Is Cash Wheeler making the trip? Um, he is. Yeah, he's going. He is, yep. He's going. Okay. All right. And then I, I heard something that's that that uh, it's what uh, best friends and somebody else are a tag match, and then they've said uh, there's mystery opponents or whatever. Have those been revealed yet? Yeah, it's uh, Ortiz and Santana, proud and powerful. Yeah, guys, proud and powerful. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so they're back. Stop it, John. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. We're proud <laughs> and powerful. I used okay. the worst name. This is well, the dumbest I mean, fucking name I've ever heard. They're LAX. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't overcomplicate shit. Yeah, just call them LAX. What the hell? Um, What's what? funny, everyone, he's trending because everyone's saying uh, Bo Dallas is all elite. <laughs> Because they think he looks like Bo Dallas. Yeah, everyone's saying, oh my God, it looks like Bo Dallas. If you look on Twitter, that was trending. I kid you not. Okay. Um, are, we, are you guys excited for this, this show tomorrow? Has it done anything for you? Or is it just like, well, I'll watch it just because I have to because we have shows. Like, what's your take on this show tomorrow, Chris? So if you actually highlight Todd Brantley's last comment, um, you know how we're talking about like our titles and what we said? Uh, I, I, when we did the prediction show, that is exactly what my title was. I'm 75% out on all in. Nice. Uh, I don't, I really don't care about this fucking pay-per-view. Like part of me is like interested in what happens between FTR and the bucks. Although I already know I'll be disappointed in the match because it's a bucks match and I'll be yeah. fucking annoyed. Um, the main event has some interest, but I feel like they've already jumped the shark with it. Like 
it's been too much silly, too much haha, too much, and just too often to the point where like I'm like, okay, I don't, I, okay, I don't know. MJF's gonna turn, and it's gonna be really great. I guess that'll be fine. And um, they've got a bunch of they've got a bunch of marquee wrestlers in meaningless six man matches. Like they've mm-hmm. got Adam Page, they've got Kenny Omega, they've got uh, Kazuchika Okada, they've got. Um, Jay White, you know, they've got all of these people and they're all in meaningless, completely meaningless tag team matches where I'm going, what's the fucking point of this? Um, You know, and if you wanted to do something like you really have the biggest fucking show in the history of pro wrestling, give me marquee matches. Tell me, give me a build for Jay White versus Kenny Omega. I'll be fucking interested. Okay, give me a build for Hangman versus kazuchika okada i'll be fucking interested you you literally you do anything with any of those four guys arrange them however you'd like right that's going to be marquee matchups that we that we haven't seen as an american audience right maybe maybe they've oh they've done it 12 times in japan nobody gives a fuck nobody here has ever seen it okay people want to see it the Mm. american audience wants to see it and if you're just going yeah We've got 80,000 people, and we're going to give you basically a dynamite with a good main event. Right. Yeah. That's essentially spot on. It's a dynamite with a good main event. Supposedly good main event anyway. But um, no, the only thing I'm excited about, guys, as I was saying to Chris yesterday, is the fact that my cable provider is showing it for free. I don't have to pay for that shit. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. I have no idea. Because All Out is on pay-per-view. But for some reason, All In is for free on ESPN, of all places. Hey, you know, Todd asked this question. Where's Davy Boy Smith? Imagine the poppy get at Wembley. The question is, where's Davy Boy Smith MLW. in general? Where's MLW MLW right now. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on MLW. This is he on an MLW show? Because, I mean, it feels like every time I see an well, Instagram, w, maybe. You know, I don't know. I see every time I see him posting something, he's doing something with like jujitsu or martial arts or something along those lines, and nothing to do with wrestling whatsoever. You know, so um, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's a great idea, Todd. But like, I haven't seen him in a wrestling ring in three years now. I mean, the last time I legitimately saw, I saw him live um, G One weekend because he was wrestling on that show there. And then I was going to travel that Saturday to go watch him because him and Lance were going to be wrestling and then he had to leave. So I didn't get to do that. But like, I haven't seen him in like two or three years on any kind of promotion TV wrestling show whatsoever, even independence. I don't see him on stuff like that and people aren't promoting it. So what kind of pop would he get when it's been like, what, what the hell? Like, I don't know. Uh, but I guess my, my real question is, Chris, are they killing the town with this um, all-in show in, in England? Or is England so starved for like live major wrestling like this that they could put on a show like this and then come back next year and do it again? They, they could probably come back next year and do it again. Um, England is pretty starved for major league wrestling. Like... Uh, the wrestling fans over there are rabid about professional wrestling and there's a lot of them. And I mean, there's a lot of them. I think that England, I think that wrestling in England is probably bigger than it is in any single U S state. And I think it's probably bigger than it is anywhere in Canada. 
Um, I agree. I, I really, I, totally I, I really honestly think that that like the place where there are the most professional wrestling fans per capita probably is the UK. And uh, hey, good on them. You know, obviously, we, we shout outs to the UK. We love all our listeners from the UK. Please come and support us and and pay five dollars and all that other yeah. stuff, right? Like we, we, but but legitimately, you know, the UK is starved for major professional wrestling, and uh, and they're excited. Um, they're excited to see a big show. And I I personally think that if they do WrestleMania there next year, it's gonna fucking blow the lid off of things. Like mm. if they have a hundred thousand seat arena, they could fill it. And without question, they could fill it. They could probably fill it two nights in a row, to be honest with you. Mm. If they if they held a, easily, a WrestleMania in so easily. Absolutely easily. They're excited then, for it. But I here's the thing. If you give them a shitty show, if at the end of the night they're sitting on their hands, there's going to be a bunch of people who are going to say it's a failure. And right. um, and it's already a pretty big failure. I hit, I hit, I didn't hit my kid, by the way. I hit Relax. the couch. Relax. Sound like a uh, kid. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't hit the kid. Kids just sounded like a proper spanking. Even Dade looked at me funny. <laughs> looked like what? What was that? Um. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think that if the if the crowd at the end here are sort of sitting on their hands and going, this was kind of a disappointing show. They're not going to be able to refill eighty thousand people next time. They might be able to get sixty, which they can still call a, a pretty big success. Sixty thousand fucking people in an arena is not a failure. That is a yeah. big time fucking marquee event, right? But as far as like what they were able to do now, I think it's sort of a once in a lifetime kind of thing. I I just don't. I don't see them being able to recreate it unless they absolutely knock it out of the park, you know, uh, right. tomorrow night. And I don't think they're going to. Mm. I don't think that they have. I don't think that they have the muskets in the barrels in order to in order to fire the mm-hmm. shot that the they muskets. need to. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good. Well, that's a well and Jimmy, show. let me ask you this because you're 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 closer to kind of some of this thought process. You know, Australians and Europeans kind of have similar thought processes. London is a pretty big town, and it's kind of easy to get to from Europe. Do you feel like right. you know Europe is also known for having a lot of wrestling fans and and wrestling associations? I mean, hell. My friends, uh, Savage Gentleman and Lady Frost are going to France, and they're doing a whole tour in France uh, in October. So, in uh, apparently, they're getting paid pretty good to do it. So, uh, does that factor in with like AEW, some of these tickets and things along those lines, where maybe we're seeing some of uh, some other European nationalities saying, "Hey, we're going to do this," and that that's what would be able to sustain them um, to have just these kind of let's be honest, they're just showcase matches. Well, we're going to have big names and we're going to protect them because if I remember all outs in what, two weeks after this show? No, one week. One, one, one so, week, dude. So they're going to compete with WWE the next week and pay back. Yeah, actually, that's a great point. I, but wait, WWE's one's on a Saturday, <coughs> right? Saturday. And all out is, I believe, on a Sunday. So is it's it? not going to be head to head. But still, it's, it is in the sense of it's the same weekend. You know, oh, if, yeah. if that's the case, I just... And so you're you're saving your people for all out when all in is supposed to be your big show, and you're doing it in Wembley, you're doing it in England. So so Jimmy, if you're as a, as a person, I mean I can't count Chris as a foreign fan because North America and they've you know whatever right, it's the same yeah same thing, yeah yeah you know, you know, there's but for US someone Canada who, when it comes to wrestling it's the same deal right so when when one of these countries comes 
you know, one of these companies comes to like your area or into Europe and you see a show like this, what's it like mentally for you knowing that, hey, New Japan, it might be another year or two before they come back or AEW or WWE, but they put on a show like this. How does this make you feel as a wrestling fan, especially one where you don't get these companies coming, you know, as often? Well, well, yeah. I mean, since COVID, there hasn't been any tours, to be honest, funny enough. But before that, New Japan were doing pay-per-views here. Um, oh, they've been back since though. And WB did a pay-per-view also down here or PLE, whatever you want to call it. And AEW have yet to turn up here yet. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure they will in the future though. Um, look in the UK, they, they, they love it, man. And the thing is a lot of people from all over the world will be at that event. Make no mistake about it. I know that there's Americans there also. At the end of the day, it only takes five hours, I believe from the US to get to the UK. So to me that's not a long trip considering where i'm from <laughs> you know what i mean you have to travel like 15 hours to get to the uk pretty much mm. if not longer right so yeah no um they're, they're starving for wrestling the thing is what i'm surprised about the uk pound is one of the strongest uh you know they're not dollars but one of the strongest currencies around currencies, yeah you think WWE and AEW would want to like exploit that a lot more considering that they'll get more bang for their buck no pun intended if they actually utilize the UK a lot more frequently mm. I mean it makes sense right I mean so yeah. why not do that but like like Chris said the thing is AEW you're supposed to have a good rapport after your first event with the fan base right right when you think about it and by doing what they're doing right now, I just feel like that would leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths over there. Although, in saying that, I haven't heard a lot of negativity from those fans either. Mm. They seem to be pretty pumped about it, which is odd. And to me, it just feels like a real glorified house show because just, sure, the cut on paper looks strong in terms of names, but the matches are definitely house show type of matches, man. I mean, 90% of that, of that pay-per-view are tag matches. Yeah. Like, how can you have so many tag matches? And on top of that, the build for this was bad, but there's no build for All Out at all. Right. And that's a week later. So how the fuck... Like, what I want to know is, who came up with this schedule? And, you know, who thought this would be a good idea? All it does is hurt them, but apparently it, it doesn't matter, especially after what TK said this past week, because he said he feels to die. He told his dad to pass the company on to Brian Danielson. So it's like, even if he was to go away, let Danielson spend the money instead. So, um, yeah, pretty weird, man. But uh, look, I'm sure they're hyped and they're happy. But I hope this show impresses me a lot more than what I'm expecting. I'm praying for that to happen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I just, I, I find it very interesting that, you know, here we are, we have, you know, a major pay-per-view that's going to happen um, tomorrow, if I remember correctly. Um, all, all ends tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. And, you know. And um, funny enough, Jago is going to be coming out of retirement for <laughs> for All In. Oh! Join us on the review show, yeah. Nice. So, so uh, hey, look, if y'all if y'all need an excuse to listen to the PWC, if nothing else, it's for the Michael Jargo. Who's Dr. Michael Jago? The Dr. Michael Jago return. Um, Look, it's just, God, like, as much as I want to watch and like AEW, I tried to watch last night, and I'm sorry. First match, Orange Cassidy, 
I'm going. Fuck it. No, I'll, Are you you know, about Rampage. Yeah, last night with you know after WWE is like, okay, let me see just in case they they do a tribute to Bray Wyatt or whatever. I don't know because you know they do weird stuff like that. Bray Wyatt was never associated with the company, but there are people there who are, and sometimes they didn't. There was a, I didn't see anything, so it's like, oh, it's an Arch Cassidy match. Okay, mm. we're just let's let's see what else is on here. Oh, Space Cowboys. Let me watch that. Let me watch uh, a movie with Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones about old astronauts trying to go to space. So. <laughs> Yeah, let, that that sounds more entertaining. Let me do that. Um, you know. it, it puzzles me, John, because every week, you, you know, Orange Cassidy is not a ratings draw, but I he don't... continues to push him in in predominant spots. Man, I don't I don't get it. How is this guy a producer? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I watch his matches and I get nothing from them, and yet this guy is going to tell other people how to do their matches. Like, for real, for real. It, it no makes idea, bro. It makes zero uh, sense, zero sense whatsoever. I it puzzles. Just, it puzzles me. Increase. Put it that. Put yeah. it that way. All right. Well, you know, um, we're an hour in, guys. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Because again, like I said, the news. I have not been keeping track of the news at all this week. So, what else do we that, that I've missed that we need to talk about? Well, pretty much the the Bray Wyatt Terry Funk things pretty much dominated the news headlines, and yeah, I don't, it doesn't seem like there's any real news coming out of uh, pro wrestling right now other than um, all in is tomorrow and that's that. Yeah. Did I miss anything, Chris? That's everything that I can think of right now, to be honest with you. Like those are the big things in wrestling right now is obviously the passing of, you know, a couple of legends and um, yeah, the biggest event in the history of professional wrestling. Chris Jericho said that Chris Jericho said that his, his, his match there means more to him than any, wrestlemania he's ever been on or any any time he's ever performed in the tokyo dome and i just thought oh fuck off nobody believes you <laughs> yeah that's some bullshit right there and and bigger than wrestlemania yeah what a joke. no that's stupid that i mean that's look i look he's a company show obviously he look he must get a percentage of like the the take for whatever because i mean to say that stupid ass shit that means you're invested in the company in some way, shape, or form, and you must be getting. He must be getting like a cut of the the um, you know, the profit from like the, the pay per view sales and from the and from the gate. Right. Yeah, there's the that's the only reason you say something like that. You know, I I, I can't I can't even with with some of these guys. Um, so, uh, but like like uh, I guess it's time to talk SmackDown. Um, let's let's kind of let's get into it with with. Uh, what we need to do uh, with with last night, and then, of course, obviously, the show last night is going to be very different, um, being that it was a tribute show mostly to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk. And uh, so, before we even get into anything like that, uh, guys, how do you feel that they did handling the um, the tributes last night? I thought, it was, I, I thought it was super classy. I thought everything that they did was was really um, well. It really made a lot of sense for for Bray and his character and everything. Um, mm-hmm. They they humanized him when they talked about him, like when the different people had conversations about him and stuff like that. But um, they also, you know, they celebrated his character work too, which was a big part of why everybody sort of loves Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, what'd you think? Um, it was it was what expected, man. You know, as a matter of fact, I, I was expecting it to be 
less wrestling. I was expecting it to be like a like an Owen Hart type of scenario, but you know what? At least we still got some storylines moving forward. And um, from what I knew, though, apparently the the wrestlers had a choice if they wanted to wrestle or not. And something that we didn't see apparently is uh, Roman Reigns turning up with his Universal Championship and retiring it permanently by leaving it in the ring or something like that as a symbol for Bray Wyatt because I guess that was his last championship that he won. So he retired it officially on SmackDown last night, but we didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I think I agree. I think it was done very well, very classy. I, th- I felt like both wrestlers got the tributes they deserved. I thought it was very um, good. I, I did like, like you said, I liked that they still carried on some matches and there were some things because I think Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt both would have said, hey, the show's got to go on. We want to entertain sure. people. We want to be entertainers. And I think Michael Cole even said that, that, that you know they were entertainers and they wanted to make sure that this happened. So uh, I did, of course, as always, they opened the show with everyone out there in the empty rocking chair uh, being yeah, highlighted man. and then um, doing the 10 bell salute. And then it was also interesting, you know, also because here's the thing, they're in Louisville, Kentucky, not far down the road is OVW. That's where Bray, Cody, they mentioned a lot that of that. Yeah. And they got a lot of those guys got their start down there. And so, um, you know, the fact that look, Eric, Eric Rowan was on stage, you yeah, know, I mean, was surprising. That was real classy for that. Um, Braun Strowman up at center, you know, right there. Um, I feel like, you know, they just did an incredible job of being very classy and saying, Hey, regardless of where you're at, if you were connected with Bray, we want you here, you know, and they, they really did a great job with, with that. And throughout the night, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I rathered this stuff than any of the backstage stuff that they normally do. And this made this show like that much better. I liked seeing the tweets of the different wrestlers of people with what they had to say. Um, So I would say overall, um, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't, I know I haven't talked to you guys about this, but I am, I'm saying we're not going to grade the overall show. We're just going to grade the wrestling matches. We're just going to talk about the wrestling. Um, the overall show gets a pass for today, um, but we I think we still we, we grade every match, and we go from there with how we felt about them. What do you guys think? Uh, that is a perfectly apropos um, you know, reaction to all this. Because, yeah, it doesn't matter to me how the rest of the show went. I was, you know, To me, it's like this is going to get an A+, because mm-hmm. they were great about Bray, and it's all about Bray, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like that idea. Let's okay. uh, let's just say the show gets a, a, an overall pass, and we'll grade everything else that happens. We'll yeah. All right. Well, last night it was August twenty fifth from the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Just look, it's really hard to have a tribute show to be very serious when you have to say the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Right? Why the but, Yum Center though? Jesus. Because Yum is the name of the company that owns KFC, Taco Bell, oh, people, you know, really? like so. A long time ago, Pepsi owned those companies. Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and uh, KFC were all owned. Were Pepsi owned into that, that makes sense because because Pepsi's like Pepsi based as well. Well, because but that was the reason because Pepsi wanted to get their foot into the concession, like because Coke dominated fast food and everything along right, those right. lines. So Pepsi basically came in and bought those struggling companies, had their Pepsi products in there, and now they end up having to split them off because of like you know reasons but they maintain that relationship with pepsi 
which is why you still have the Pepsi products in right, those exactly. stores. But Yum is the spinoff company that owns those companies. So that's why you see sometimes, that's why you see sometimes like uh, a Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Taco Bell, or what I call a Kentaco Hut, where you see all three in <laughs> one location, uh, because they they are the ones that um, they're all owned by the same company. It would have so. popped me if it was called the Finger Licking Good Arena, though. Well, I mean, you've got yum in the name, so I mean, well, yeah, That's with an exclamation point, with an exclamation point. <laughs> oh, so, um, but also, again, like I said, it was very apropos. It was there. This happened with a lot of these guys getting their starts, especially Gray, uh, down the street. So, uh, you know, we had uh, we talked about the entrance and the and the ten bell salute and everything along those lines for Terry Funk. I really liked Michael Cole standing there with the crowd behind him. They had Terry Funk and, and Bray's pictures behind him and talked about how they were entertainers and how they're going to do this show for them tonight. And, and they, they wanted it to be about them. So um, after all that, we had our first match of the night, uh, which was Rey Mysterio versus Grayson Waller. So already out the gate, I'm a little perturbed because here's my question. Was this a United States championship title match? Yes or no? I thought it was. Didn't they announce that initially? I thought it was, but Ray came out without the title. True. How do you? Actually, like he walked out without the title. Look, I love Ray. I love his interest. I love the fact that he sees kids with masks or sees kids in general. He walks up, he puts his hand. Ray's the best. Ray is the ultimate baby face. If this is regardless of this is a title match or not. You're the fucking United States Championship. <laughs> Bring the fucking belt. Why? 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 Why did he, I don't know? Because then later on, it magically appears when Santos Escobar puts him on him at the end of the night. It magically appears, and now Ray has the belt on. It's almost like Santos said, "It's hey, you fucking forgot the belt. Like here it is. Like oh my god, you know." So yeah, that's this weird, was bro. Uh, a match or not? Because here on on. Because I have, I, I took my own notes, but I, I'm also following to make sure I've got everything right because my brain is weird sometimes. Um, that they don't even say on this thing, uh, on this write up, if it is or not a, uh, a, a title match or not. So, um, that's strange because I could have sworn I heard him say that, but it's it, there's nowhere on this what I'm following that says it was a title match or not because it doesn't even say retaining the title, it just says winner Rey Mysterio. So, um, you know, uh, you know, here's my question. All right. So you had the tribute, you had this match. I, I'm, I'm trying, trying to take the emotion out of it. You know, let's, let's be honest. We're trying to take the emotion out. It's just hard. This is, this was not a great match. It's a Rey Mysterio match, which people love and they want to cheer Rey Mysterio, but you know, Grayson Waller, I mean, he felt somewhat solid per se, but again, this was not, this was one of those ones where it felt like two styles were clashing. You know, oh, it, definitely. Felt, it felt like that, hey, we need to put something out there. Um, we said Ray was going to wrestle, so let's put him with Grayson. Let's go with that because they both were like, yeah, I'll wrestle. That's fine. And I mean, Ray had the Terry Funk, Ray Wyatt armband on, you know, beforehand and you know, tapped it and all that fun stuff. But, you know, this was one of those matches where 
it was almost like, well, we've got to put something. It's got to start the show. Let's throw these two guys together. I, am I wrong in that assessment, or did, did that is that what you guys felt as well, Chris? What do you think? Um, yeah, I think I thought very similar things. Like I, I watched this match, and it's it's hard to get into a match first of all, right? When you've just gone through all of that stuff with the Bray Wyatt and and Terry Funk, and we're doing this for you, and they've got the ten bell salute and everything, et cetera, et cetera, and then to go into and now here's a wrestling match and. I think that you can kind of feel it from the performers too, that they're a bit exhausted emotionally, you know, like Mm -hmm. Ray's a pro. And I mean, Ray went out there after Eddie died and performed. So, I mean, Ray's going to be able to hold it together, but um, I don't know. I think it was a lot to expect out of Grayson, to be honest with you. And um, I just think that it, it came across as flat because of that, you know, everybody's emotions are way the fuck up. And then it's like, Oh, and now here we're going to perform Shakespeare after somebody who we know and love died. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to hit all the beats properly if you're feeling that way, right? So. Right. I'll give them a pass on it, but it wasn't a great match. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? I agree with Chris and and yourself, John. You know, I, I was kind of indifferent to the match. I mean, at least with Grayson Waller, I mean, he came out acting like it's not even affecting him per se. So I guess that's kind of a positive. I mean, I'm, but still he was trying to keep it together and whatnot. I felt like he was the only guy that kind of didn't really show any emotion, mm-hmm. if, if anything. But um, yeah, this match, they've just got no chemistry at mm-hmm. all. Ray forgets his United States Championship for whatever reason. I have no idea. And they were just going with the motions, man. And... That's all it was. It was just a match. It was just like an exhibition match. There was no reason for this match other than let's just have a match. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and, and I mean, it, let's be honest. There there was part of that that night. They, they tried to justify the main event of two of Bray Wyatt's biggest, you know, rivals going up against each other for the main event of Finn Balor versus LA Knight, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, because again, the show must go on, kind of thing. But uh, like I think, like you said, Jimmy, I think it was uh, said that maybe um, they were told, "Hey, if you want to um, wrestle, you can. If you don't, you don't have to." Um, which I can understand that, especially with what's going on and the freshness of everything. But that does leave your card in a lurch. It does leave your stories kind of on pause because now we have Jimmy next week now. John Cena returning next week. Um, You know, but hey, it's the go home show before pay per view. So maybe putting, you know, some of these storylines on pause for next week is probably a good thing. You know, in disguise for sure. It it could be. So who knows? But after this match, uh, there's a lot of stuff backstage. We had more uh, Bray Wyatt love. uh, And then we have Kayla with damage control. And they're talking about how. EO's lost twice to Zelina Vega. So, hey, let's have a match again. Let's do it for it. And so, not. you know, let's go for it. So, uh, they said, oh, no, that was those were flukes, you know. And then they made <laughs> this was kind of funny. Hey, uh, are you trying to get into the LWO? Because I heard they only they only take in short people. Like, you know, <laughs> I did like that. That was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> they, now, like, I'm surprised they said that, to be honest. What, what, no, I mean, that's what heels do, and hey, 
they bring the damage, you know, as for damage control. Um, but this was a women's championship match. So the belt was on the line for this one. So we have two back-to-back matches with champions um, going in. So it's uh, EO Sky versus Zelina Vega. And, um, and so, again, a women's match. Necessary? Um, Not really. Really, but I look again. Why she like really? Why she the number one contender? You know what I mean? Because she's beaten EO Sky twice, and then she beat her Uh, last week or the week before, or something like that. Does that make her the number one contender per se? I mean, well, she's the super Puerto Rican too. Hello. Oh yes, that's right. I forgot. You're right. And and in the LWO, right? I mean, let's let's be honest. So uh, that's why, you know. Uh, so, but that, that's the reason why, and and again, too, you haven't had time to build up somebody else. You needed a filler match. And then this kind of does continue a story of Zelina's beaten EO Sky twice flukely. Yes, but she has beaten her twice. She does get that opportunity. So let's have this match and let's end that opportunity because you had your shot, you lost, and it was, you know, for the most part clean. So there we go. We move forward from there. Uh, that was the whole purpose of this match to end this Selena State Vega storyline, I felt, and so that they can move EO Sky forward to somebody who could properly chase. I don't feel like Zelina Zelina is a decent babyface with the LWO, but I don't feel like she one is is a decent wrestler. She's okay. She's not great. I don't feel like she's on EO EO's level. I really feel like no, it's, 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 bro. she she's not even on the level of most people in NXT. She's yeah. not like <laughs> no, and I don't even mean that as an insult. Like NXT is doing some really good things. I just right. mean like she really isn't that good in the ring. Like she just I don't I don't know I don't know how to say that nicer, Jimmy. Uh she's just not she's not a talented in ring performer. She's got a good look obviously um and she is the uh <laughs> she is the race that they want in the wwe for her role so she right. fits that and also you know her dad died in 9 11 etc 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 right and there's a story to tell there but in ring she's got to be i mean she's dana brooke level bad we'll put it that way for Todd. Yeah. Yeah, which Todd loves that. So, um, oh, and also she has, um, you know, uh, skimpy outfits and sometimes boobs fall out. So she's got a look. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's she's that. She's got the look. She's got the look. So, uh, but overall, I mean, this was just, again, this was a means to an end. It was a way to put a match on the card and to end this storyline. Um, if anything, this was, this was a, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I forgot. We forgot to rank the Ray match. If you're going to rank the Ray match, uh, Jimmy, where what do you what grade are you giving that one? A D. D. Chris, what about you? Um, I don't know. Are we grading it on a curve, considering like wh- where it is and what was expected out of them and everything? Because yeah, no, like, a hard one. If if I am, then I'm going to give them a a B. You know, because they did a fine job. Like it, it was fine. Right, but if I'm if this was like a regular match on a SmackDown, I'd have, I'd have been ranting about it a little bit, going, "What the yeah. fuck happened here? Why do these guys have such shit chemistry?" So, I don't know. I'm gonna grade it on a curve, just because I I'm gonna grade it in between my my ultra curve and my no curve. I'm gonna give it a C and just say it was fine. I guess not. It yeah. like 
it doesn't bode well for the future of them having any kind of like a, a feud moving forward. But I, I, I have a hard time judging them too harshly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you uh, if we're grading on a curve B, but I think I'm in the in-between and, and the C is the best right for this. Um, uh, for this match, I'm giving it a D. I'm going to be honest, uh, you know, because here's the thing. You, you're, you're, yeah, I know there's emotion throughout the night about the Bray Wyatt thing, but this is something that was established before that. This was the end of a story to kind of move Zelina Vega along. And we all know that Zelina Vega is not that great to begin with. And there's only so much EOS guy can do. Um, so I've, I've got to say a D because there was nothing compelling about the story. There was nothing like exciting and we knew there was no way in hell Zelina Vega was going to get a third win for the title over EO Sky. So uh, this was just like, even if this was on a regular SmackDown, I still would give it a D. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think D is a solid place to put it no matter what. I can't tell if Jimmy is um, frozen or what. So Chris, let's go to you. What do you think? <laughs> uh, Jimmy's just sleeping. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm back. I don't know what happened. My internet, man. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um. Okay. What was the question? Sorry, I was uh, laughing. What were you? What would you grade the Selena, um, uh, EO Sky match? Uh, yeah, D. It, it's, the the wrestling's bad. The wrestling's bad. It probably wasn't going to be any better, no matter when it when it took place. I don't think that this deserves the, you know, the same leeway that Ray and and Grayson do. This was just a match, and they were going to have this match no matter what, and it wasn't going to be good no matter what. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, what are you grading it? Yeah, I was trying to say before I got really interrupted by the internet, um, I'll give it a D also. I mean, and to be honest, I was kind of in and out of this match. It didn't really interest me. I just couldn't really get into it, so definitely a D. Mm. I mean, anytime Zelina's on, I mean, I hate to say this, man. Yeah, she's good to look at, but God damn it. She bores the hell out of me. Only Rhea Ripley managed to get a decent match from her, in my opinion. But did she? I mean, it's, no, I mean, it was probably the crowd too that actually made it a lot better. Also. I was gonna say that was it was the crowd. They were in Puerto Rico, like that 100%. was the thing that made it hot. You know, Rhea right. Ripley threw around. Yeah, yeah. She she gave her a great match. If you say that Rhea Ripley threw around like a fucking rag doll, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Good job. Way to take all those crazy bumps. I appreciate that. But like, you know that. That's that's that. I mean, I think, you know, the only D um, I would give, like, in all seriousness. Um, we we the, know what D you'd give her, John. You don't you don't have to finish that. We, we know exactly what D you'd give Zelina Vega. We'd all uh, give her that D. I know. She did, she's not deserving of a D. Eoskai is. Ah, Swift. Aha. <laughs> nice. So there we go. All right, so after that match, we we had um, we had uh, Cody Rhodes come out and uh, he's talking about the story about an eleven year old in an airport, and the guy calls his dad an egg sucking dog. And I did like the fact that he looks at Michael Cole and he goes, "Can we say that on TV? Can I say egg sucking dog?" That, uh, that was weird. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was like he knew he could. He's just having fun with Michael Cole a little bit. Look, this was. I heard somebody say this the other day, and I don't know if it's true or not, but I think it was Strangler Steve, and he says he feels like Cody's a phony. 
And that's why he doesn't like him. Fuck you. Bro, you can ask you can ask Jimmy going back three fucking years to when we started the skirmish. I have been on my Cody Rhodes is a hundred percent a politician. He is one hundred percent the kind of politician that people fucking like hate. He's he is exactly that dude. Everything that he says is predetermined and pre-planned, and he's thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And oh, how can I how can I up my political you know capital Agenda. by what I'm going to say next? He he yeah. is a hundred percent that dude. And if he's not, then somebody needs to take him aside and be like, Cody, listen, you're not this guy, but you come off a hundred percent like you're Joe Biden. And I, I mean that I don't mean I don't just mean liberal. I mean, he comes across as a completely empty waste of fucking space politically. He has nothing going on personality-wise that seems legitimate. The guy is 100% politician. Can't fucking stand Cody Rhodes. And, and look, I, and I'm going to be honest. Like, having met him, I could, like, that was the thing. I could see him came across as, a, like, it was hard because it was like, it felt like a genuine dude. And mind you, this was... Post WWE into Ring of Honor, just got the World Heavyweight Title Belt from Ring of Honor, so we're doing a meet and greet. The, I mean, he did everything right, man. I mean, we want to talk, like talk to us, you know, gave us. We talked about dogs and ties and all kinds of just you know real people shit. And then when it's time to take the picture, we just we want to take a picture. He takes the belt and puts it on Jacob's shoulder. And to take the picture, so Jacob like a got politician. The, yeah, no, exactly right. You know, it's just like, but at the same time too, having watched him, there was it was one of those things where at the same time the level of bullshit that you would have to keep to do that is really really hard. He's like a pro wrestler, after all, John. He is a pro wrestler, but good lord, like I like because for me. Like, I am who I am, and I can't fake that shit. And there's times where I'm just not, you know, always loving on people. Right. Because, I mean, especially Thursday. I, Whoever my claims agent is, he got the fucking earful. And that's not who I am normally, but I was not at that point to be fucked around with. But, you know, so I know, like, genuineness. And he is so... If he is able to put up with that level of bullshit on (laughs) on, on that long of a basis... If anything, I got to give my hat to him for that alone because, goddamn, he must go to bed at like nine o'clock at night at the end of the night to keep that persona up for that long. There's no way. There's no way. You got to stop. You got to start believing in your own bullshit at this point, right? I guess you have to. But you know what's ironic though, guys? It's funny because years ago when he was still with Ring of Honor, and you know he was on Being the Elite, the show. I don't know if you guys remember, but. He was doing a mock-up political run where he was oh, running yeah. for president. Do you remember that? Well, no. And then like when he was in Texas, he says, hey, I can't run for president, but I can run for Senate in the state of Texas because yeah. I you know, I was born. And then he said, oh, I can't do that. I can go to Georgia. Yeah, he was doing that bullshit too. Yeah, He was. He I, really I was, that. man. There were skits of it too. You know, So that's the irony of it. So he's very self-aware of what he's doing, 100%. But I just find it interesting that the fan base, especially in WWE, don't see it for what it is, especially when he looks at the damn camera and he, and he knows that this annoys the shit out of everybody, right? Where he's like, so what do you want to talk about? Like a fucking idiot. Like, I hate that figure saying. I, I really do. Yeah. And on top of that, he's phony. Like you said, he's just a, he's the most phony guy you can ever get. 
And yeah. This is, this is why Todd Brantley is the comment king because, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and Todd, you worry me, my, my friend, just quietly. Yeah. <laughs> and then. He's a little emotional right now because of everything he that happened. Shut up I think he's got some Dana, stuff going bro. on in his life. No, come on. Come on. Todd's uh, Todd's grieving. Give him some space. He, he, found, out, he yeah. found out Dana Brooks is married. So, you know. He's very upset. Dude, you so want to bang her. I don't care what you say. That's yeah. all I'm saying. You know. But sorry, so, But, I mean, this was a, like <laughs> – and it was one of those like, I, and I I get that you couldn't get Mick Foley in, and Mick Foley probably wouldn't want to have this conversation. But like, this felt forced. And I mean, I know we weren't going to talk about some of this stuff, but like, this is one of those ones where, in a way, I I really I know they said it's a connection between Cody and his dad, but like, I wish that they would have just let it be without Cody having to say something, and then just. I agree. Mike, and then just Michael Cole saying after the video package and everything along those lines, hey, in honor of Terry Funk, we are going to have a hardcore tag team match. You know, I really wish that would have been the case more so than having Cody there because it made it feel disingenuous. You know, um, it looked like he was grieving, honestly. No, I mean he didn't he give did. a, he didn't give a fuck about Terry Funk and all that kind of stuff. This was. This was a this was a way to go. Oh, hey, Cody Rhodes, um, and I'm seeing some people say, "Hey, Cody Rhodes was the perfect person to have, considering his his history his father had with him." No, that was his dad and Terry Funk. Cody had fucking nothing to do with Cody Terry Funk. This makes no sense. I really wish it would have been the case, but you know, it is what it is. We're not WWE. It it happened. But this leads well, into our next match. But oh, I'm sorry, dude. What were you going to say? Oh, well, I just wanted to point out Chris Miller in the chat said, when or if Cody ever wins the WWE title, should he turn heel immediately? I'll be down with that, but it depends if he beats a heel Roman in the first place. If he beats I'm, a heel Roman, then he can't be a heel, right? But here he can. Here's how you do it, right? Start here, a faction? No, 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 no. No, here's, here's what happens um, with this. Um, Cody is coming. He the next night he's just thankful for everybody. Da, 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 da. And as things get going, he continues to do more heelish things and more he heelish does. things. And that's then as like. well, no, and that's what I'm saying. And it builds and builds and builds. And then you know when he turns full, he was like, "Y'all are so fucking stupid. Do you think I give a Fuck about what y'all thought? No, I don't give a fuck. I make money and I fuck my hot wife every night when I go home. I don't give a shit because here's the thing. I just used you to get to where I needed to be. You helped me jump the line. So therefore, thank you for that. But fuck you all. I'm Cody fucking Rhodes. You know, I mean, obviously there's not... There's not going to be and the, on that. And the thing is, I'm a fan of Cody's. I really am, right? But he's yeah. so not genuine. He, his smile is so heelish, bro. Yeah. Like, tell me that smile is not heelish. I mean, oh, I don't is. know if he puts it on or not, right? But it, it's just so damn heelish. And I like Cody as a heel. I think he's a great heel when he is a heel. But, yeah, I just don't understand how the people haven't seen that or noticed it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it is it is what it is, but but that's how you do it. You have him begin to slowly turn heel to where then he finally says, you know, fuck all of you. You know, uh, I, I use you to jump the line so I can get what I want, which was the title. Something that my dad never got to have. So now I could say, you know, I did something my dad never had. So even he can even go like, 
fuck my dad. You know, I did. I'm better than my dad. It wouldn't you know? surprise me, dude. And that's the sad part. You know what I mean? But you know, that's Cody. Yeah. Todd said. Todd even says, "Ooh, I thought of something." Orton comes back and helps Cody beat Roman, and they can both deal together. So we have legacy again. I guess. Much. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yes. That would be fine, I guess. But anyway, let's go on to this tag team, Terry Funk hardcore tag team match, uh, which was the Brawling Brutes versus the Street Profits. Um, Look, if you're going to call something a hardcore tag team match, you should pull up the tables three minutes before the, the, the match fucking ends. That was the only hardcore beat, really. Other than the fact that, yeah, you didn't have any real tags. You could just beat the shit out of each other and throw each other in the rings and stuff Sorry, like that. It was, it was so it's an AEW tag team match. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. They were just like, hey, you know what? Those what the, those AEW guys do on a regular basis? Let's just do this and call it a hardcore match. Or an old-fashioned Texas Tornado tag match. Yeah, some, look, something. But, it, it look, my expectation when they said that, I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, we're going to have tables, ladders, chairs, and... All kinds of shit. Let's go. Brawling Brutes? Okay, cool. Street Profits? Okay, interesting. They're not my first choice for a hardcore match, but all right, let's see what happens. And then it's just a fucking wrestling match. And then Montez Ford does a does his typical leaping flip, lands on the outside, and on cue, Bobby Lashley's music comes out, and he's like, hey, what's That's up? So like, stupid, bro. Like, Bobby's running for fucking office now. I love Bobby, but did he need a whole entrance? In the he needed, of the match? Oh yeah, yeah, because he didn't. Because that's that's WWE, Jimmy. Because then you have to have everybody look at the ramp, you know? Yeah, yeah. So God. he comes out and then he's shaking hands and right in front of him are Montez Ford and Dawkins and everybody else who just plowed. And he literally, as soon as Dawkins or, or Ford hits and goes to the side. Bobby's music hits and it's cool. And then we go to commercial break and Bobby's standing on the side. And of course, Bobby interferes. So are we going to get Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits versus all three of the Brawling Brutes in a triple tag match or whatever we call it? I don't know. But the yes, so this allows Bobby to interfere um, and not cause any kind of DQ or anything like that. And then uh, the tables come out. Uh, people are chaining all kinds of stuff. And finally, like, we want tables. We want tables. Finally, the tables come out, and uh, it looks like the Brawling Brutes are going to win, but then they uh, it gets reversed, and the Street Profits do it like a modified 3D because um, it was like they were going to – it was a 3D, but then the guy got spun in the air, and then Montez Ford grabbed him in the neck breaker as he came down and went through the table for Ridge, Ridge Holland, and it, that got the one, two, three for the win, and Bobby's all excited, and Montez Ford is holding up the table like, yay, like as a prize. Um, and then they funny, go out. Still. It was funny, but like, you know. They where came where out. the fuck was Seamus, though? That's what I'm confused about. You think know. he would have helped these, these boys out, right? But no, he was nowhere to be found. Because maybe they want to build to Bobby and Seamus. I mean, I don't well, know. That was your time to do it, right? But again. Oh, no, because no, here's, here's what you do. The next week, you're like, Bobby Lashley, you fucking interfered. So fuck you. I want to beat the shit out of you. You know, I, I hope so, but we'll see. We'll see. It wouldn't surprise me that WB would just pretend it never happened. So, yeah. And again, this is one of those ones where it's, hey, we've got two tag teams. They're not doing anything. Let's let's put them in a Terry Funk hardcore match. Hey, just do a regular match where you don't have to do tags. 
And some of you come in and out, in and out, in and out, and then double teams and everything. And then, hey, for the last three minutes, pull out a table, and then we'll call that a hardcore match. Um, hardcore, so, pal. Hardcore. So, Chris. Listen, uh, I, don't, I don't care if they call that a hardcore match. It's like, whatever. I can accept that. It's dumb, but I'm not going to be too upset. But if you're, if you're saying the name of Terry Funk and then nobody bleeds in the match, no. They just done no. that super that that twirly fucking thing that that he does to his opponents when he hits others with the opponent. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, it's fine. He, the but that's not. Yeah. But that's not what people really know Terry Funk for. What people really know Terry Funk for is having bloody, right? You yeah, know, knockdown, drag out type mm-hmm. fights with people that look like they're really, you know. That, that look like it's a real fucking fight. That's he was the an Terry abusive really motherfucker too in ECW. Like, I mean, really abusive with his promo game, which I love. Yeah. So, I mean, do something like that. Don't do not do a, you know, a glorified tornado tag match with a table spot at the end. That's, right. not, that's not what you think of when you think of Terry Funk. Right. You know, I, I think about uh, flaming brands. I think about blood. I think about... Hell, chainsaws and chainsaw Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember that. Those are those are all things that I think about when I think of Terry Funk. Not last, like that's what I'm saying. It was a Terry Funk hardcore match. My expectation is we're going to see some blood. We're going to see some branding irons. We're going to see some tables and chairs and all kinds of shit. I mean, hell, maybe we even see a chainsaw. I'd have been down for that. Oh, oh, you would have thought they would have done that because that was WWE's thing, right? You would have thought they would have done that, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. But like Todd said in the chat, Bobby Lashley did hit the best beer ever of anyone wearing a suit. But Butch, you got to also give credit to Butch because Butch took that like a champ. He did. You know, he, he, he knew how to take the spear, which I, I think that's that's one thing to having a good spear is having a partner who knows how to take the spear. For sure, it is, it is an Definitely. important part of that. But uh, Chris, Chris, how do you grade this match for the, the night? Um, I guess I'll give it a D. It was, you know, it wasn't super entertaining. And to be honest with you, I'm just tired of watching tag matches where nobody tags in and out, and the rules aren't enforced. Because I have to watch that every single week on AEW for every single tag match they have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're gonna call something hardcore, it's got to be hardcore. And if you're gonna call, if you're gonna call out the name of the great, you know, the great Terry Funk, um, uh, I mean, pay it off or don't call him out. Right. Exactly. Right, exactly. Bingo. Yep. Jimmy, where are you where are you putting this one? I hate to say it, but it's that's another D for me. It's triple D's. Shout outs to to triple D. <laughs> nice. Uh, look, I agree. Like there was an expectation that you set. When you say a Terry Funk tag team hardcore ma- hardcore tag team match, and um, I agree, like uh, medium side, this is an or- over uh, glorified tornado. Um, was, yeah. At least have someone wearing pantyhose on their face, like Charlie. But <laughs> yeah. if if I could have seen Dawkins or Ford coming out and doing that, that I'll would have made Ford that would have made this sure. work. I, this I that would have been like okay, this at least gets this up to a C for me, you know, for doing something <laughs> like that. But that didn't even happen. So it's like, okay, uh, you you set a precedent by saying we're going to do this thing, and then you don't do it. You know, I, I had a hard time with this one, and I have to go D as well because you didn't you set such high expectations, and you did not come anywhere close to meeting them. No, it was nothing. Yeah. It was nothing at all close. 
to a Terry Funk type of match, that's for sure, man. But um, what else puzzles me, the fact that they still haven't changed uh, the Street Profits theme yet, man, their entrance theme. I mean, yeah. it just doesn't gel anymore for what they're trying to portray. Yeah, and I think that's going to be, like, like I, I think like Chris said last week, it's going to be that that eventual we're, hey, you know, we, we, you know, we're working together. Hey, we're in suits now. You're, you're looking sharper. You've got better is outfits. Is it really progressing? It really isn't progressing. It's just. Well, you're seeing a harder attitude, right? You're seeing a harder attitude from these two. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of these things where Bobby's going to continue to mentor them. And then it's, there's going to be a change. There's going to, something is going to happen to make a change. And again, I think having this week the way it is, put a pause on some of those things. You know, Fair and thus, we'll give him a pause for that. But still. that's why, that's why Bobby came out. I think Bobby's a draw, and it's continuing that storyline of a reminder of, hey, Bobby is out here mentoring these guys, and he wants to see them win. He's invested in them, so therefore, you know, we're going to see him what his investment is. It's good. We're we're already seeing it's an attitude change. We're seeing that it's an outfit change. The next thing will be, you know, their entrance and how they come about. You know, I think yeah. it's just. It's just you're not doing that this week because of what happened. So, um, you know, that's that's I'm not worried yet about Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. I think we have some time and we can let it build and let it go. You know, you know it would be funny, though, if uh, if Lashley starts getting a little annoyed by them where he's giving them tough love, like punishing him and stuff like he just becomes an asshole towards him. I would find that kind of amusing, but I doubt we'll get to that. I mean, I could see that happening at some point because, you know, he's investing in these guys and he wants them to be, you know, the the tag team versions of him. And they're you kind of goofing off and it's like, okay, no motherfuckers. All right. If you aren't going to listen to me, then we're going to do it my way. And this is how this right. is what my way is. You know, um, like last night. So after wrestling, uh, oh, I, I watched Space Council Boys, but the more invested thing I was watching was... Um, the G.I. Joe animated movie. And um, if you remember in that, uh, Duke's brother, Falcon, Duke is a first sergeant or a master sergeant, and Falcon is a lieutenant. So already his younger brother outranks him. Um, but um, because it's G.I. Joe, they don't have military structure or whatever. Because um, he's chewing him out, and finally Falcon goes, um, wait, I'm a lieutenant. I outrank you, so stop it. But uh, it's that scene where it's like, Hey, you're such a screw up Falcon that you're gonna have to go to Sergeant Slaughter and we're gonna have to like beat the shit out of you to get you right. You know, <laughs> right. and that's what happened. So it could even be that. It's like, all right, playtime's over. I'm gonna put on my drill instructor's hat and I'm gonna sergeant slaughter your ass and you know to get you into the shape where we need to be. I don't know. Who knows? There's there's ways that this story can go. Um, all right, so sure. we had a bunch of more tributes, much everything going on here. LA Knight came out. Um before his match with Finn, and they gave him promo time, um, which I'm going to be honest, I like this a lot more than I did Cody's. A lot more. Absolutely, because you know? it felt more genuine. Like It really did. Show. He did such a great job with this. It was so good to have him talk about I mean, he just, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to get to the Miz in a minute, but I want to talk about Bray. And that he was building me to this, that he was like basically like basically investing in helping me get to where I am, to where I am ready for anything. Look, last night 
if you didn't like that dude, I don't know how you walk away from that night and not going, that's my fucking guy right there. And he looked I emotional really, too, legitly. He looked he looked like a million bucks. He looked emotional. He looked genuine. And he fucking crushed this. You know, he didn't make it about him. He made it about Bray. And then he mentioned he mentioned the Miz. And I loved the how he ended it. You know, hey, I'm gonna quote somebody who said this to me. The next time you see me, run. And he did it in just that. It was oh, it was very, very, very good. Well done promo. I think best promo of the night. I think sure. very well good tribute. Um, I have nothing wrong with this. I I, I think I, I I venture to say this was a perfect promo. Um, anybody want to say any different? No, can't, I, agree, I couldn't agree more. I I yes. certainly wouldn't argue with that. I think it's basically a perfect promo. Um, and I think that this was. I think that this was an example of the WWE finally saying, okay, listen, LA Knight, we're going to put you in a kind of a difficult position. We want you to bring up Bray. We want the promo to be mostly about, you know, but we need you to also get business done at the same time. And he went out there and just fucking, I mean, that was an outside the fucking park home run. That thing went sailing over the fucking wall. It's gone it's in the ocean you're never seeing that fucking ball again it was just Mm -hmm. launched into orbit by la Knight. (laughs) that was just an absolute perfect moment and the way that he performed there was as good as i think anyone maybe ever in professional wrestling could have and i really mean that um and if the wwe are smart here they're going to see that and they're going to say Look what this fucking guy can do in capitalize, just the most difficult right. situation, and we need to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to, and that's kind of an interesting, you know, reason to keep watching, right? Which um, is sad too, because you're right, Chris. But continue, please. But I gotta say, man, like that was definitely the moment that that was definitely the moment where if I'm if I'm WWE management, I watched that and went, yeah, how how do we get him a title run? Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. How do we, how do we get that fucking belt around him? Because because right. that guy is just straight money. I and I feel I, yeah yeah, and I feel I agree with you. I feel like that was that was him right there cementing that we need to put a belt on him. He needs a title run. He could he needs a fucking world title run. Like yeah. he could be a world heavy. He is a world heavyweight champ right there, and he solidified it. What gets me is the fact that he always has to prove himself over and over. To, to WB how great he truly is because it's almost like they don't want to really push him but they have to push him if that makes any sense because of how over he is you got to give the people what they want right but they're also putting him through like you know through the gauntlet by being on Raw every week being on Smackdown every week it's like alright we'll see we'll test you out right now and see how you do you know like just about resting on every TV show you know what I mean so yeah, I mean, he deserves his flowers and needs it ASAP, man. He's the most over guy right now in professional wrestling, man. Right, but Jimmy, you also have to remember, WWE is also this company that has said that never again will a performer be bigger than the company. I yeah. get that. They have but... said that. They have said that over and over again. That's why he's being treated this way. That's why Cena was done the way he was for a while. I mean, Cena was in this, and again... Part of that is too, though, Roman Reigns, same thing. These are all things because they don't want their person to be the rock. 
to right. be stone cold, to be these things. They're intentionally doing it to prevent what happened before where they got, you know, basically hijacked and hamstring when these guys decided, hey, I have options. I don't need you, you know. And so WWE is doing everything they can to make sure the wrestlers need them, you know. And, and that's that's the big – they're still the biggest company in the world. And that's Absolutely. the whole pur- purpose behind it, you know. But it's going to get to a point where it's become inevitable where they have to do something. And I think last night was that tipping point. If they sure. don't, it's gonna be it's gonna be held upon. So I agree, man. Uh, absolutely, know. they have to, man. They really do because the thing is, I don't think he's gonna be like the Rock. I think he's there for the long haul because he truly loves professional wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think they have anything to worry about in that case. Well, no, but here's the thing: he has already he has already been in TVs and movie shows and things That's along true. those lines and commercials, so, all sorts of shit. Yeah, so he doesn't. Um, he doesn't need the WWE. He he does it because he wants to. But he can go out. He can go back to TV. He can go back to movies. He can do that kind of stuff if he wants. He's not going to be. I'm not saying he's going to be The Rock or whatever. But I guarantee you, he'll make a solid living being an actor because you know be he's great in like the Young or the Restless or something like that. You know what I mean? He'd be great in, and beautiful, whatever you know. But that's the whole point. But anyway, we had that. Then we had Finn make his entrance, and we have our main event of the night, which is LA Knight versus Finn Balor. Um, here, here's my question. I don't recall Finn and Ray wrestling in the main roster. Was this a NXT kind of rivalry? That, no, that no, had? no. Finn no. and Bray? Yeah, yeah, they had a no, – was that had when Sister Abigail first happened? Yeah. Like when Bray and came out Finn. as Sister Abigail? Okay, and the okay. Fiend. The Fiend character was debuted against Finn Balor, too. I okay, all right. right. Yeah, it's been a while, and like, I, I don't remember you know, them crossing no, they, paths. They've got history. They, they definitely do yeah. have history. Because, I mean, I knew LA Knight, and I figured it was more of an NXT thing because I knew he was Bray was doing um, his thing in NXT, and Finn was doing the Demon every now and then, and there was stuff there. But LA Knight's a lot fresher, obviously. So, uh, But, um, you know, this match was... This match was different in the sense of like, from what we have seen so far, even though we know this was a thrown together match, I felt like this was infinitely better than anything that was was on the card at this point so far. Like, I'm gonna be honest and tell you right now, this isn't getting a D. Um, that's gonna be that's a that's not a preview. That's not what what is it? That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Um, to, quote, to quote Paul Heyman. But um, you know, honestly. Solid match, especially with what they had to deal with. The emotion they had involved, obviously emotion, because LA Knight was obviously emotional before with the with the promo that he gave, and then just having a, a match the way they the way they put this match on, I felt it was a very solid match. They felt like they worked well together. I felt like they meshed. It didn't seem like there was a ton of like, um, what are we going to do next? It, everything no. seemed to flow very well. Um, and uh, I felt it was solid. So, Jimmy, what did you? What was your take on this match? I liked it, man. Uh, it was it was good for what it was. I mean, even though it was pretty much an exhibition match, if you want to put it that way, right? But it was solid all around. But it, but LA Knight's promo did save it, no doubt about it. It made the match so much more better. But what I loved about this, you could see when LA Knight was coming out to the ring. His eyes was just all business, man. Like, do, do you know what I mean? He wasn't fucking around this time. Like, he, he was just all business. And that's exactly what we got with this match from both Finn and LA Knight. And did you notice 
I mean, these guys were hitting each other, man. There was a lot of welts. I mean, LA Knight was bleeding on the head slightly. Uh, I mean, look at the scar on, on Bellow's back. What was that from? Mm -hmm. That looked pretty bad. So, yeah, no, I enjoyed the match. And if I was to grade it, it'd definitely be a B. But it would probably be an A because of the promo. Okay. All right, Chris, where, where are you at with this match? Yeah, the match is going to get a B plus from me. The segment was probably an A plus. Like, I mean, that was. Absolutely. I don't think you could expect anything better out of LA Knight, given the given the microphone and given the time that he was expected to cut a promo and everything that he had to put into the promo. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as far as the match, yeah, the B plus. It was a good match. It was. I mean, they they were hitting each other pretty hard. I imagine that was one that uh, you know they had a conversation beforehand and went, "Listen, we're doing this for Bray. Let's lay our shit in." And yeah. uh, and they went out and they made it look real, and it looked real. Um, I usually am not a big fan of when things, you know, don't look real, but it clearly hurt somebody. But they went out there and they made this match look like a pretty heavy-hitting match. It looked like they were beating the shit out of each other. And that's apparently what they were really doing. And, um, you know, if you do that every once in a while as a tribute to a fallen comrade, I get it. Um, so the match gets a B plus. The segment gets an A plus for me, though. Just a really, really great way to end the show, too. And um, yeah. I am, I'm really, really hoping that they don't drop the ball with LA Knight because they've mm -hmm. got a, they've got a superstar on their hands. Right, they really do. Uh, I'm gonna give. I agree with you, Chris. I, it's a B plus for me. I felt like it was a really solid match. They did a great job. Uh, they had the stuff that I like, the stiff stuff. I'm. I'm I'm a stiff wrestler. I like that kind of wrestling. Um, stiff, huh? It gives it, uh, yeah. Uh, the the only other kind of wrestling that I like stiff is when I'm wrestling with my girlfriend. Um, so, but that's um, you know that's I think to me a good cap of the night. How did you guys feel about the end of the night where the match is over? They did the power down kind of thing. They had the um, lantern ring and then the the picture of Bray black and white up on the screen and then everybody has their um ha has their their cameras out um is it, it was a good night and then the fact that they just ended it they, there was no word said nothing needed to be said into the show I, I enjoyed that as well i didn't mean to ask you this um in the beginning i forgot to ask about this it felt like the i understand like I, they got thank you bray at the beginning with everybody out on the stage and everything like that. Did, you, did it feel like at a moment though that the crowd was trying to hijack the show a little bit between the thank you Bray, he's got the whole world in his hands, they couldn't get it right. And they it, it just felt like there was people kept wanting to do things and instead of just letting it be, you know, um at, at the start of the show. Did that come across to you? Because it like for me it did because it's like the wrestlers were standing there, it was quiet after the pin bell, and then all of a sudden the crowd's doing thank you Bray. Cool. Great. They go quiet. Then they try to do the, he's got the whole world in his hands. And, of course, different sections of the arena are not in sync and they're not getting it right. It and, started sounding like, ah, 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 I love that. Sort yeah, of thing. And then it kind of went dull and then they tried to do something. At, at what point as a fan do we need to go, okay, we need to take a moment and just let it be, you know? Um Look, you can't blame him. I think that was the right thing. I mean. Well, you think so? Okay. I mean, yeah, I, it felt I like to me. It felt like to me after the thank you Bray, it should have been that. That should have been it as a fan. You know, I can get maybe seeing doing that. He's got the whole world in his hands. But if you're going to do it, get on tune with everybody else. Like, don't have it going like five different places. But at some point, you got to stop so they can have a wrestling show. Right. 
you know, but that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I was being cynical. Maybe I was just being kind of poo-poo head or whatever. Did that come across to you, Chris, at all, that they, the crowd was trying to hijack the show in the beginning? Um, I, you know, I have a hard time telling a live crowd what they should and shouldn't do for the most part. I think if they felt like singing, they should they should sing. And if they felt like being quiet, they should be quiet. Um, and I think if they wanted a moment of silence, they should have asked for it. You know, mm -hmm. I think the crowd would have right. been respectful to that. I, I just think that, you know, the crowd's going to do what the crowd's going to do. I, I, I don't mind them singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. And I actually think it would be a really cool moment. Um, if at all in, they turn the lights out at some point and uh, the oh. fireflies came out, you know, I mean, that even if it's that just though. that, even yeah, if it's right. just that, just just a moment during the show, don't even mention Bray Wyatt, don't went, don't mention anything, just turn the lights out, have the fireflies come out for well, we 30 do seconds have the house of black. Yeah, well. I mean, maybe they could do, maybe that the, the thing is, is like, I'm just saying, like, I would, I would love to see 80,000 people in an arena, you know, uh, showing respect to, uh, to Bray and what right. he did for wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, I guess, and I'm not trying to gatekeep. I'm not trying to be that person, but at the same time too, I also want to be respectful of the person who passed, you know, I, I want yeah. that, you know, uh, like to me, it's almost understood. You have the 10 ring bell salute and then you have a moment of silence. You know, and then and and it it it's one of those things where you let the people on the stage dictate what happens next. You know, don't interrupt it. I don't know, but that's just maybe me being a little nitpicky. You know, sometimes I can't. I have to find something nitpicky at some point of the show. Every time I find something nitpicky to talk about, but we do. That's what yeah. we do. We yeah. pick nits. We we do. But gentlemen, I, I mean, overall, I think you know, as we said, the show gets a pass. The matches, we we all agree. It was a hard place for them to be in, but hey, we we had some good that came from it. Um, and so uh, I I don't have anything else unless unless you guys wanted to give. I know y'all have already had your all in prediction shows, but you haven't had it behind the paywall of Channel Attitude. So no, would true. you guys like to give all in predictions, or do we want to end the show here and just talk about it next time? Uh, I'm cool. It's up to you. John, I mean, if you want us to do predictions, we can. Or unless Chris needs to go, I don't know. Um, no, I don't need to go. I can, I can do all in predictions if you guys want to do that. Okay. Yeah, we'll do it real quick. You know, we won't, we won't. Um, let's do it. Fucking know. do it. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Go, let's go, 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 go. We're doing live. Let's all right, here we go. go. <laughs> First match of the night. Well, I don't know what <laughs> no. the. Um, I, I don't have the order of the matches. I just have an updated card. So we have the Zero Hour Ring of Honor champs MJF and Adam Cole uh, of the or it's the Ring of Honor Tag Championship match. <coughs> MJF and Adam Cole versus the champions Aussie Open. Who do you guys got, Jimmy? Who do you got? Don't be a fucking homer, Aussie Jimmy. Open. Fucking yeah, homer, Aussie Open man. <laughs> I Chris, just don't see got? MJF and thing. Yeah, when he, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're you. So you're going to convince me that MJF is going to show up at the next Ring of Honor tapings? Get fucked. Aussie <laughs> yeah. Open's winning. Right. Yeah. yeah. And okay. So here's my next question. Then is this a is, is this a ploy to um, yes. set up the yes. end of the night? So like you know MJF yes. does something or gets gets him hurt. One hundred percent. That's right. Exactly we see what we that coming. on our prediction show. That's what yeah. exactly is going to happen. Okay. It's to fuel fire for that main event. That's all it is. Yeah. Which by the way, fueling the fire for the main event is supposed to be done. On Dynamite. Before the night of right. the event, you fucking morons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But because yeah. they've had such a shit build, this is their out, supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Is there is there a collision tonight? It's taped, yes. I'm assuming. Yes. It's taped. And apparently it was... it's just chock full of orange Cassidy's and the fucking no. nonsense brigade. So I'm not looking forward to collision tonight. Okay. Oh, no. Does that You're... mean we're going to be sifting through wreckage, literally? Like yeah, it's oh, going to be a lot of wreckage. All right, so uh, we have a trios match of Kenny, Omega, Hangman, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Juice, and uh, Takeshita. Um, is he in Bullet Club now? Is Takeshita in Bullet Club? No. Or they just added him for the shits and giggles? Yeah, shits and giggles, man. That's okay. all these shit They just needed more unpronounceable names in the in the event. Okay. All right, so uh, Chris, who do you have for this trios match um i so uh, this sort of leads into like the young bucks match for me and my my, uh my expectations so i think the faces win here i think that the elite members get the win um because i think that they're actually going to do something surprising i'm hoping maybe i'm more hoping than thinking but i'm thinking that they're going to do something surprising and actually have the young bucks lose their tag match so spoiler Hmm. for that okay all right uh jimmy who do you got the elite, the elite definitely win this one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, honestly, I I'm I'm gonna go Bullet Club into Keshta. Um, I feel like I feel like that this is an opportunity to kind of build something with Jay White and Kenny Omega. And sure, let's have Juice and Hangman get after it, and then Coda and Takeshita. Let's let them just go do their individual things. This could be the start of that. So, um, of course, this shows you how much I'm watching AEW. Maybe they're already doing that. I don't know. Um, but I, I'm going to go that route with, uh, with my decision for that match. It's probably the completely wrong. Um, but that's where I'm going. Uh, next we have coffin match sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and Christian cage. Okay. Um, I thought Swerve was with somebody else or AR Fox. It's but... not happening anymore because Fox is out for whatever reason. And Fox also Fox into... turned face again. Yeah, Jesus and W. Allen loves him again. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Literally loves it. him. Okay. Loves him long time? Loves him long time, apparently. As a matter okay. of fact, he was his teacher, so he does love him a long time. What confuses us is the fact that after Fox turned on Darby, right, and got right. kicked out of, of Swerve's group, right, suddenly, like, Darby's all good and loves the guy again. Like you said, dumb, bro. What the hell is going on over there? What are you guys? What What are y'all watching? What is for fuck's sake? All right, so we have this match, which is Sting and Darby Allen versus Force Drinking Free Escape. Uh, Jimmy, who you got? Darby wins the TNT Championship, unfortunately, again. Is this Is this for the title? I believe it is. It's a tag match, though. It's a tag match. That's what I'm saying. Wait, 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 wait. Who's it's, the replacement again? It's It's It is Christian Cage. And and and, and swerve and versus, swerve oh and swerve that's right versus Sting and Darby Allen which again that's makes right. absolutely Sorry, zero sense to me. Um, also, Christian isn't the TNT champion, although yeah. he is the TNT champion. He's maker. my book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's the holding. Uh, he's the holder. Uh, Darby and Sting. Sting doesn't lose, man. Sting is there to win the match. All right, and he's it's Sting. It's gonna be. It's going to be it's Stingomania in the UK and everyone will be cheering and screaming, it's Sting, over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, TK said that this is the best run of Sting's career, so right. I don't of course think he's it losing. Is. I, did, I did see that. I'm thinking, <laughs> wow, you have some premium-grade cocaine right there. <laughs> like, 
100% Colombian, man. <laughs> that is a pure 100% Colombian. All right, next we have a stadium stampede match, which means it's been recorded already. So who could tell us who's already – is it? somebody's going to tell us who's won because it's already recorded. But we have Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, Eddie Kingston, Pinto's El Zero Miedo, and a mystery partner versus John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli, Wheeler Yuta, Santana Ortiz and a mystery partner. So mm. each team still has a mystery partner. How many fucking people are there on this? Jimmy Crack Corn, John. I don't give partners. a shit. Holy cow. Like, are we just trying? Hey, hey, the left side of the roster, you're on this team. The yeah. right side of the roster, you're on this team. Go at it. What the mm-hmm. fuck is this shit? And apparently we've got breaking news thanks to the comment king. Apparently Bob Barker just passed away. I thought he died like three years ago. Oh, well, like, apparently wow. he just passed away. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. We already yeah. had this awful stand, stadium stampede match we got to try to give predictions for. Now we have to throw in Bob Barker. Just make it a fucking <laughs> bummer of a day, Todd. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chris, who do you have for this shit show of a match? Uh, the BCC need the win, and also, although I do not have a lot of faith in AEW booking, I very much doubt that they're going to have the proud and powerful um, mm. return and then lose mm. right away. So I'm pretty sure they're going to get the win. Stop it, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the BCC. Stop it. <laughs> You're so proud and powerful, bitches. <laughs> you do such a good uh, gay dude. John, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm, I'm just channeling. A, it comes natural. I'm just channeling. A, I'm just channeling a, a girl. So that's all I'm really doing. Oh, oh so you're calling yeah. him gay? Anyway, well, well, back to the gay match. Um, BCC is gonna BBC the best friends. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm I, look. This is such a clusterfuck. And these look. I, these stadium matches. I don't get them. I've seen two of them, and I was like, okay. Great. Um, the funny bit. I mean, you're you're putting funny bits. Hey, I'm going to run over you with a thing. And now, <laughs> apparently, that's, that's what guys cool. are doing on um, Twitter is they're posting them. Hey, look, I Sammy Guevara, but hey, look, I can run over people now <laughs> of him being in a golf cart or whatever. We're <laughs> never done, John. We've seen the golf cart a million bazillion times already. For yeah. fuck's sake. Yeah, it's it's complete and utter shit. Um, yeah. It's all shit. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's that. I'm gonna go BCC as well. Um, you want to say BBC? You know, I wanted to say BBC. <laughs> well, it's the BCC on the BBC, right? Because <laughs> yeah, they're in Britain, right? Well, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, yeah pal. I'm not being dirty like you are, you dirty Australian. <laughs> um, all right, next we have the Real World Champion CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Um, and uh, look, one thing I do know. Is everybody's talking about when CM Punk came, you know, dressed as the whatever luchador character Con- or whatever. Con- conquistador. Yeah. Um, he was not El Conquistador. I was El oh, Conquistador. Sorry. He That's was true. the golden dragon or some fucking right. awesome. Yeah. Um, right. so everybody was talking about dragon. how he botched the GTS on Samoa Joe um, when he did that, I guess, last week or whatever. You know what? Punk needs to put himself to sleep at this point. Yeah. Uh, so who do you have, uh, Chris, who do you have for this one? CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. 
Oh, uh, CM Punk. Uh, there's money in there's money in Joe. There always has been, and they'll they'll get something out of him in some way. Um, but him losing isn't like isn't a big deal. CM Punk losing is a big deal, and I think that they're going to wait to do that against somebody where it matters. I mean, you know, he he lost. I know he lost to Ricky Starks, um, but it was you know it wasn't clean, etc. So when they do have him lose something, you know, like that, like that title, it's going to be something important. Either it'll be him building somebody new, or fingers crossed. You know, they convince everybody in the elite to stop being little fucking girls and they do some work. Right. And Media M5, Sunday afternoon, for fuck's sake. Jesus. What did he say? He keeps asking, uh, when is the fucking paper? Uh, when is the fucking paper? Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Um, okay, next. Uh, and oh, yeah, it says Bob Barker was 99, I think um, Todd Brantley says. Um, and then Retro Rocket says, you know, gilfs are more hip than milfs. Uh, yeah, I can tell you right now, gilfs. Gilfs want to fuck. From experience. And Todd, and Todd wants to know where's Andrade. He's looking for his mask. Come on, Chris. Do it. Chris, where He's is Andrade? Searching for his mask. The House of Black have stolen it from me. And I will return it to its rightful place on my head. I found my mask. I love it. Apparently, Sorry, before we end the show, though, eventually, Chris has got to end up with with the TK speech. Um, yeah, okay, I can do that, Jimmy. You just uh, <laughs> I love it. you just let me know when it's when it's time for me to cut my promo. All right, all right. No, and apparently, Richard Rocket Review wants a YouTube channel with just your daughters because they're more. My girls bug me about that all the time. Freya's constantly bothering me, going, "Can we do a YouTube channel?" And I'm like, "I can't no. believe how much older yeah. his kids are getting, man. I'm starting yeah. to see him like literally grow up from when we started this. They were yeah. like babies, man." New thing become little women like little girls. It's crazy. Man. I wouldn't do that. All right, next we have the AEW World Trios Champion Jeep of the acclaimed and Daddy Ass versus the House of Black. <laughs> dirty Ass. Well, I thought I thought Daddy Ass was. I thought you said Dirty Ass for no, a minute. I said daddy Ass. I was <laughs> doing it in my Spanish voice with Dirty Ass. Um, <laughs> the way you said it. Yeah. Well, I thought. The claim uh, to be tag team champions and Daddy Ass retired, so apparently fuck uh, me on that one, right? This is a weird fetish for boots uh, match, John. Very weird. What? Check out the vignette of the House of Black and Billy Gunn's boots. It is weird. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jimmy, who do you got for this one? Uh, do we send the crowd home happy? By rights, the House of Black need to retain, right? But, uh, I don't know. This one's the hardest one to predict. I'm going to go... I'm going to go off with a limb and, uh, I'm going to stick with House of Black. They have to win, man. You can't give the crowd everything they want, right? Yeah, you can. Why not? Uh, Why not? But Chris, what about you? What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, Jimmy, or, or not Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy ass. Uh, I think Daddy ass turns, um, and uh, it's it's something to do with like what the House of Black were whispering to him or whatever uh, a mm. couple weeks ago that made him, you know, convinced him to hang up his boots. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm guessing they're going to do something like that because otherwise, what was the fucking point of any of that? But you know, they could just have the acclaimed win and. 
then Todd will just answer me next week when I say, why the fuck did they do all this? And he'll say, because AEW. Because but, AEW, um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, um, look, I'm going to be just for funs and shits and giggles. Let's say they claimed in daddy ass because um, when I did watch one time, Collision or whatever, they were like, hey, we're going to be back. And I mean, they're popular still, so why not? Um, so who, who knows? I, I think it's an opportunity to give Billy a belt one more time and then he can, you know, ride off into the sunset. Who knows? Um, all right. So after the trios match, we have the World Women's Championship of Hikara Shida versus Britt Baker versus Saraya versus Tony Storm. And we know Shida. Just got this belt, so why not? Let's make her fucking lose it in a four way. Um, but Good hot shotting in AEW, that's all they do, bro. That's all they do. But uh, Chris, who do you have for this match? Sorry, which match? I was I was distracted. The women's match, the four way of Sheeta, Baker, Soraya, and Storm. Uh, Baker, I don't think she's going to be able to resist uh, pulling her power games and making sure she wins in front of 80,000 people. Okay, Jimmy. Yeah, Baker. Okay. Actually, um, no, sorry, I said Soraya. I'm going to go for Soraya on this one. I was going to say, you're going to go for the pop? Yeah. Yeah, the pop. The pop, yeah. all right. Not, not, not cherry popping, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> I'm sure Soraya knows a thing or two about cherries. I don't think she has any memory of that far back, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. She probably doesn't. That's true. Very yeah. long time ago. Very, for yeah, for her. Um, it's it's a it's a drug-addled memory. Um, okay, uh, look, I'm gonna be just because I want to be contrarian, and I'm gonna think they're changing their ways. They're not hot shotting this title. I'm gonna say Sheeta. Why not? Because I like her Instagram. She looks fucking hot on her Instagram. So, well, why not? Um, that's my only reason. Uh, all right. So we have the AEW World Tag Team Championships of SDR versus the Young Bucks. Uh, Chris, you gave us a. Uh, you gave us a spoiler, so go ahead and give us your take on this one. Yeah, I think that like everybody is going to watch this match, and all 80,000 people are going to see these two teams come out, and they're going to go, well, yeah, of course they're going to have uh, they're going to have the Young Bucks win because FTR are in legal trouble and et cetera, et cetera. I think an actually surprising result, and I think maybe the only actually surprising result that they could have on this night would be FTR winning. I think that that would get Undertaker's streak was just lost reactions from from mm. a big portion of the crowd. And I literally don't think, if you look through the rest of the crowd, there isn't another result that would cause actual surprise like that. So I think that's what they're going to go with. I hope yeah. that's what they're going to go with too, because it just makes more sense from a business perspective. It it really does actually like shock, so, you know, shock. It's a shocking result. Right, agreed. Jimmy, what do you got? I initially went with the Bucks, but then I sort of got convinced by by the boys otherwise. So, yeah, I'm going to be with Chris on this one and go with FTR. Okay. Uh, I think this is a queen sweep then. Um... Uh, because I, I I feel like FTR still has more to do, and and I think it's like you said, it's a shocking thing of uh, turnabout of events by saying no, we're going to keep the titles on them. So uh, I'm going to go FTR as well. I feel like that would be quite the coup to keep it down there. All right, last uh, last uh, tag last match that is listed, um, we have Adam Cole versus MJF for the AEW World Championship. 
Uh, Jimmy, what do you got? MJF, hands down, man. You can't go any other way. You don't want Adam Cole as your champion. So, yeah, I'm sticking with MJF. Okay. Chris, who you got? Um, yeah, I think also that it's going to be MJF, except that I think it's going to be a Hogan and Nash situation. It's going to be a finger poke of doom to end the night. Oh, and really, no. really cap off the night of 80,000 people showing up to Wembley. Uh, really no, I don't really. That? No, 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 I, I don't say. really think that. That, that would be... Like, that would be hilarious. That would be, okay, yeah, this company's done. Let's just yeah. watch them burn now because they're oh, done. Um, but I, I do – I like the fact that uh, that Roddy, at the most recent uh, taping, he was asked about what he thinks is going to happen in the main event, and he said that um, in the main event, we're going to see the real Adam Cole and we're going to see the real MJF. And I think that – Although Adam Cole is pretty bland as a face, I just don't think that his heel work even comes anywhere close to uh, to the heel work that MJF can do. So I think that Roddy and the Kingdom basically join up with MJF at the end, and uh, and he wins. I agree. All right, Jimmy, what do you got? Oh, you asked me. Oh, yeah. Already. Never look. Like, Sorry. Yeah. Like, brain fart. Like, it's, it's this AEW card. Just <laughs> I know. It makes uh, you go around in circles. It, yeah. it tends to do that to you, man. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, Look, uh, I don't see how you put the belts on Adam Cole. I just I, I just don't. Um, MGF is he? he looks I don't like think he could hold it on his shoulder, eh? Like, I, yeah. it's probably it's probably too big for that. He probably has to wear it around the waist, right? Yeah, what? Well, and if he put it on his shoulder, he'd have to get surgery because it would break it, you know, his collarbone yeah. and, and his shoulder and the ligaments would all get blown out. So, um, yeah, so he he could he can't do it that way anyway. But I mean, if you're comparing the two, if you're trying to tell me one of these is going to be your world champion versus the other, you go with the guy that makes money and that's mjf like adam cole the only reason why he makes money right now is because he's with mjf and mjf is bringing him to his level adam cole to me has never ever been that guy that draws money nope i'm sorry that's just that he, he never has I nope. agree. The crowd who's there really like to say Adam Cole and Bebe. That's it. Right. That's 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 everything that he is. He is a decent worker if you have a cruiserweight division. Other than that, Adam Cole is not a useful person in professional wrestling. He a, doesn't make you any money. He's a decent pointer too. That's true. Yes, he is very good at pointing at the ceiling. He can he can show you whenever there's something going on on the ceiling. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Oh, you know, Owen Hart would have really loved to have Adam Cole there because he would have pointed out the problems, right? Right. Oh my God! <laughs> no, you didn't just say that. that. Yes, he did. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, listen, that was, listen the formula for comedy is tragedy plus time, and it's been like twenty-five <laughs> fucking years. Okay, I love Owen, but yeah, it, it's, it's safe to say it's but... it's okay, Jimmy. It's okay, Jimmy. It's That's fine, right. Jimmy. Did you see he was flying like Superman? Nah, <laughs> that's pretty bad. I shouldn't say that. But, <laughs> anyway, but you already yeah. did, fucker. I did, I did, I did. R.I.P. to. That's oh, like man. somebody saying, "Hey, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but, you know, enough's enough. It's time for a change." Yeah. All right. <laughs> enough yeah, but... is enough, and it's time to do our plugs and get the fuck out of here. That's right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and TK. let's end the show. No. 
Uh, we're going to go with the guy who was first today, so we're going to give him the privilege of being first to do his plugs and send everything out. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's uh, it's this guy right over here. It's Jimmy T, who showed up a whole two minutes before the show started. I was going to say, I only won by two minutes. Chris. So, um, <laughs> it's a race. So, Jimmy, tell the people where they can find you and all your plugs and all that fun stuff. Well, you can find me right here on channelattitude.com with five bucks to get the best talk in all of wrestling. And yeah, I will plug the Smack Attack where you can find us here every week right here on the Smack Attack and also for Rampage Uncaged. And what do we do, Chris? You got to say it because it's your, it's your dealio. Then let him do it. I am. No, let him do it when it's his time to talk, motherfucker. Oh, fine, fine. I was handballing the ball, but forget it. So basically, yeah, please like and subscribe at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com where you can find all our other shows, channelattitude.com, hamimidigroup.podbean.com and you can follow me at DJ Mass Effects and also you can follow us at the PWC Network on the X. On the... Throwing up the X! X. Throwing up the X! <laughs> Throwing up! All right, and X of course... Give it to you. Yeah, the man who is spot on time every time let's go to chris where can the people find you well guys uh you can find me on uh, twitter <laughs> i'm at chris ams one uh you can go there to hear everything that i have to say about uh politics professional <laughs> wrestling and uh basically anything else that cm punk wants me to talk about um you can find me on the PWC network. Uh, we do uh, mm-hmm. a, a number of shows, uh, but the one that I think is the biggest show of, of in professional wrestling history, um, just the greatest show that's ever been done ever. Uh, that's uh, the Wednesday night skirmish. <laughs> so, uh, so go there guys. And, um, and yeah, um, on, uh, on Sunday mornings uh, at 10, at 10 o'clock cent, uh, central standard time, you can go there and you can hear when uh, when after the collision we sift through the wreckage. Thanks for finishing that for me, guys. I had a bit of a cocaine <laughs> problem there, and my brain just stopped for a minute. Um, also, uh, I'm I'm having a rock star because I'm not already fucked up enough on my cocaine. So um, you can find me at all of those places, as well as anywhere else uh, where you can find where you can find fine professional wrestling uh content thank you very much thanks thanks guys thanks guys awesome (laughs) i love it don't forget to ask if you did good did i did did i (laughs) phil did i do okay 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 Uh, 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 all right so ladies and gentlemen boys and girls thank you as always for being a part of the smack attack as always it's everybody in the chat it's time to talk about those people in the chat uh hey elizabeth made it right on time as we close the show way to go retro rocket review todd brantley aaron benchlomo jinda mahal made it um let's see jeff was in there for one comment i don't know if he's still around if he is hi jeff he was there, yeah. He was hey, there. Jeff. Yeah, good he to, was. He was. Good to see you. Uh, there, there. There's a lot of retro and a lot of Todd and a lot of medium five. Um, you know that's going on. So um, let's see. We got a Chris uh, Winland was here for a little while. Uh, good to see you as always. Uh, because yeah, uh, well, there's just a lot of people going on. Uh, yeah, that, I think that's about it. I, I, that's that's the usuals that made their appearances for the evening. Um, 
<laughs> fucking media invite. Fucking media. Oh, God. He didn't just say that. Yeah, he did. On behalf of media, the Malacca Five. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. Sorry, Liz. Just saying. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poor girl, man. Mm. Has to come to this sausage fest every week. This is why we say. don't have more female fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Every now and then, my friend Brittany listens, my best friend Brittany, and she listens, but she doesn't say anything because she doesn't want to get assaulted like Elizabeth, you fuckers. So, anyway, but thank you for being a part of the show. You helped make the show it was a good show. Thank you all for being here. And as always, don't forget to check out Channel Line too. For $5 a month, you can hear all these great shows for $5 foot longs or $5 face slaps. Um, you can you can uh, hear Stevie Richards, Ben Hameen, Vince. You can hear all these other, Big Vito, uh, all these other shows that are there and get their takes and everything along those lines. Um that is um, a, a great value. I mean, I, look, if you if you don't listen and you only listen this way, fine. We appreciate the support. But, man, what a great way to go back and hear all the old shows. You can hear Athers and Jimmy, uh, James MacGyver. You can hear MacGyver and me. You can hear when these guys join the show. You can, you can hear all kinds of connections and things that have happened with wrestling. So make sure you do that. Also, don't forget to check out the Hami Media Group on anywhere you can you listen to podcasts to listen to all the free shows that are over there. Um, we have lots of stuff going on um, happening there. Uh, I have not heard from Triple D. Uh, he did, I did hear from him when I posted about the wreck of my son um, and his car crash. But after that, I haven't heard anything about him and and and, and everything. Uh, I heard from James MacGyver as well, so that's why I bring them up. So make sure uh, you show some love to them as well. But with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, next week, it's a big weekend because we have payback at All Out. And we're going to go wow. all out with the payback next week. But next <laughs> week, we're going to see, will Cody continue the story? Will we have payback <laughs> from Jimmy and Jay, will we even give a rip? I don't know. Payback's a bitch, John. It, it can be, and maybe the payback <laughs> is that we have a shitty pay-per-view. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. But you can always find out when you tune in here next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Smack Attack. And until then, be safe. 